to Thursday night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take the stage for the Sound of Ink Open Mic Poetry Night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show. I am going to tell you right now that we are having some pretty fun uh, issues, uh, technical, I don't want to say issues, we have some quirks going on tonight. So if you are trying to dial into the show, then, and you're getting that fast busy signal, then just keep trying. It'll let you in um, eventually. And... Yeah, hopefully you're even hearing me, right? <laughs> All right, so yeah, we are having some issues, so be prepared. My studio is actually looks like it's inside out and backwards right now, which I should probably take a picture of this just so you can see what I'm talking about because it's really funny. It's absolutely, it looks really weird. Nothing's where it's supposed to be. It's all jumbled up in different places. So anyway, we're going to see if we can get through this, and um, we don't always do it pretty, but we do it right. That's what we say. So it's going to be a great night. Got some things to go over before we get started. The first one is that the number to call in, if you'd like to call in tonight, is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that as I was getting ready for the show and... and uh, I used to remember. I used to have all kinds of phone numbers memorized. I mean, what's their number? And and, and and I knew them. But the show to call in, the call in number for the show, and my cell phone number are the only two phone numbers I know right now. How weird is that? If I were to lose my cell phone and I was stuck somewhere and had to have someone come get me because my car broke down and I did not have my cell phone. I would have no way to contact anybody. I would end up calling the police and saying, can you please go knock on so-and-so's door? (laughs) I mean, I wouldn't know what to do. Think about that. How crazy is that? Oh, anyway, I don't know why I thought about that. So next thing I want to go over real quick. If you are interested in putting together a writing workshop with us, I would love to have you do that. We've got some uh, that are going to be set up. Linda Payne's going to be doing one. Chris is going to be doing one. Uh, Mama wants to do one. It's going to be a, there's, if, as long as we can get these done. <laughs> but if you'd like to put one together, you can. You don't have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do this. You just have, some, have to have something you want to talk about. You can pre-record these on your computer if you'd like, or... You can have me do a conference call with you, and I can record it for you, or you can do a live show, or (laughs) you can do a combination of both. You can do a pre-recorded show to start with and then come on live and talk to callers, answer questions, that type of thing. So whatever it is you want to put together. Next. Well, actually, I should probably tell you that. Let me look at the, the... 23rd of September and maybe the 30th we are going to be running workshops. I am going to be gone for two weeks in the end of this month. And so depending on how I can get those days scheduled, either Christopher 
will be hosting the live open mic or we'll be running workshops. So if you've been wanting to do one, this would be a really good time to get a hold of me and we could get that set up and started. Yeah, that's the part. Next thing I want to do <laughs> is take a moment and thank all of our sponsors. It's really important to recognize those people who stepped up to the plate this year and dug in their pockets and helped us work towards the um, making all the fees for our broadcasting year, for our 2021 broadcasting license, and really appreciate you guys um, and everything that you've done on behalf of, you know, not just myself, but the entire community. It's just pretty awesome. And you guys are amazing, and I think it's really important that we recognize you. So I'm going to run through the list. We have first Melvin Douglas Johnson, Todd Carter, Vicki Aqua, Sean and Maddie Gullickson, Audrey Michelle, George Wiley, Bart Solarchek, Brad and Darling Kuhn, Uma Pochpali, Christy Doherty, Douglas Curry, Eric Sheldman, who I see on the line tonight. It's going to be good to hear from him. Gary and Noreen Snyder. Gary and Noreen Snyder, you guys just have a brand new book out. So go over their page and check that out. Pretty cool. Uh, Gina Storm, Raymond Bentley, John Case, Paula Sweet, Timothy Melton, Ronald P. Bremner, Kevin Kraft, Honey Parker, Karen DeWitt, my darling girl, Larry Teal, Robert Mickey, Jade Mist, Rose Rosen, Christopher Ryan, Trina Pierce, Dennis Must, Barbara Cope Wilson, and anonymous donations made in the name of our beloved Cherry Rose, Philip Kent Church, Ray Neighbors, Rick Smith II, King's Cadence, just Glenn Steele, Charles C.B. Banks. Yep, that was all of my hat on there. Okay, so you guys, thank you. Thank all of you for... Um, just making this happen in, in October, the end of October, it's going to be our 15th year on the air. And it's just incredible to me that we're st- sitting here tonight. I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot of nights we've spent together. So, very cool. Thank all of you who helped us stay on the air this year. You're amazing. So next thing we're going to do is your our little mini inspiration from the Inkwell mini workshop. So have your pencils and papers out. I'm going to run through these. If As I go through these, I happen to get you mixed up or lost somewhere along the way, don't panic. The show, about five minutes after we go off the air, we end up in archives. And so you can come back, you can listen to the show, and um, jot down, start and stop it as you go, jot down information, write it down, blah, blah, blah. So it doesn't matter. You don't have to keep up with me now. (laughs) All right. So we are going to do the first part. I'm trying to find it here. Because it's, yep, everything's messed up. All right. So anyway, we're going to do your journal assignment first. Now, remember, journal journal writing, journal assignments, those are one-on-one t- yoga pants time with your brain. You know, it's time for you to sit around and drink wine and, and light some incense and run around the house naked if you want. It doesn't matter. This is This is not meant for anyone else to see but you. Okay? So with that in mind... It kind of gives you a little bit more freedom to just write, I guess. 
it's important you know that this isn't this isn't every time i guess it's more like you know i just don't want people to get so caught up in the pressure of thinking that every single time they sit down and write they have to write a poem i mean that is a tremendous and you're sitting there and when you don't you feel like oh crap i didn't post a poem today and that person posted six and i'm not a real poet oh my gosh i ever you don't have writer's block writer's block is not real it absolutely 100 percent does not exist it's like the boogeyman. This is a workshop I do. Um, it's called Writer's Block. It's just an urban legend. It's like the boogeyman. If you don't believe in it, it can't hurt you. There is no such thing as writer's block. So anyway, one-on-one time with your brain. Just have fun, sit down, and play with words, and that's what this is for. Doing things like that, anything that you do is going to help you. Anything you do with writing is going to help you become a better writer. And so... I thought it would be really fun for one of your journal assignments to do some free thought writing through reflection. It's kind of what call what we're doing. And so for the next month or so, I'm going to be giving you the beginning of a thought. And what I would like you to do is write that at the top of a clean journal page. Next, I want you to write out all the different ways you can finish the thought. And I'd really like you to strive for right around the 20 mark. You know, you can number if you want, but, you know, push yourself. That's important. Always push yourself. Don't become complacent in your talent. Make you work for it. (laughs) All right. So the reflection sentence this week, or the thought that I want you to finish, is there was no way... I could have known. There was no way I could have known. And so I want you to write, there was no way I could have known at the top of your journal page. And then I want you to think of all the ways you can fill in that blank. And I always share this because human nature is what human nature is. Our brain works in a certain way and that's the way it works. Okay? Sometimes, how many times have you guys sat down and you tried to work on a list, tried to work on something, and you'll think of one thing, and then you'll sit there and you'll wonder, okay, now what, now what, now what? And you look right and think, try to find another good idea, and then now what, now what, now what? This is something I do when I sit down and write a poem. I'll start writing, and if I think, no, I don't want to write that, I don't cross it out and start over. I just keep writing, I keep writing, I keep writing, until it looks like the most biggest jumbled bunch of chaotic BS you've ever seen in your life. And then when I'm done, I go back and I flush my poem out of it. But that way I don't miss anything that I might have thought might have led to another thought that is something I may not have thought of. Say that read three times really fast. Okay. So for me, sometimes when I do these exercises like this, it's easiest for me to follow a pattern. For instance, and this is like with any list you have to work on, maybe any list. (laughs) It it would make the boring ones more interesting at least. But for instance, um, let's say you, you you write the sentence down. This is what we're working with. There was no way I could have known. All right. And then start answering it, but compart... Make it, put it on little blocks. Don't go and use the word blocks or be a compartment because it's like, you know, we are supposed to think outside the box. But how's that for, uh, you know, I always talk about that muscle memory. I think box down, that's the first thing I think about. Somebody did a good job on that ad campaign. 
So, but it's easier if you just follow a thought process. That's a better way to put it. So when I'll sit, I sit down with that, I'll sit down. There was no way I could have known. And I'll begin with real answers, you know, like ones that are personal. You know, there was no way I could have known that blah, blah, blah. I almost gave something away there. <laughs> so begin with the real answers, the ones that are personal to you, life pivoting moments, things like that. Then move to, once you run out of ideas there, move to, you know, move to world issues, you know, serious, serious things, headlines, world issues. Then when you're done with that one, move to silly answers. Just, you know, there's no way I could have known painting my toenails black would have landed me a job on something. I don't even know TV. <laughs> on Gilligan's Island. Um so just write your silly answers or maybe sad ones or happy ones. You know, make up fantastical out of these world out of this world answers. Doing it this way is cool because one thought will always feed off the next. Okay, so you'll you'll think of something and then that'll make you think of something else and that'll make you think of something else. If I sat down and told you to make me a list about sports it would be all over the place. But if I told you, make me a list about baseball, you would get much more in-depth answers than you would if you just were randomly grabbing a baseball thought out of your head. And then you move to soccer. And then you move to pole dancing. It's an Olympic sport, isn't it? Is that, have they made that an Olympic sport yet? They should. Um, but you just jump from one to the next, and that makes you explore each one. So you go do the funny ones, do the sad ones, do the silly ones, the made-up ones, you know, and, and keep going until you run out and then change it to another one. You know, for example, you know, what about if you were to do finish, um, you know, there was no way I could have known, and then answer it in the voice of famous people in history. How cool would that be? So you write a your next, you know, you write a poetry book, and the title of the book, there is no way I could have known. And every single poem in the book, you can, anyone can steal this idea if you want to, but every poem in the book starts with, with the sentence, there was no way I could have known. And you write one for um, Genghis Khan, you write one for Cleopatra, you write one for Elvis, you write one for, you know, Tom Petty, you write one for you know, so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so-and-so, whoever you want, that every poem in the book it starts with that sentence, but it's a different famous person. That would be kind of fun. All right, so, yeah, that's it. That's what you're doing this week. There was no way I could have known. Finish that thought over and over again. Have fun with it, <laughs> and it will have fun with you. The next thing we're going to work on is our poetry prompts. Now, remember, prompts are like seeds planted. They are meant to grow into poems. The prompt can be the title of your poem. It can be a line in your poem or just the general concept of your poem. And beyond these guidelines, what you do with them is up to you. So what I need you to do for me is number your paper 1 through 12. All right. I'm going to run through these really quick. Prompt number one, she's learned to ignore the thorns. She's learned to ignore the thorns. Number two, things I was going to say to you when we were old. Things I was going to say to you when we were old. Number three, as comets move in our blood. 
as comets move in our blood. Number four, pine woods and old crows. Pine woods and old crows. Five, the dreams we cannot remember. And that can be dream or it was dream. The, the prompt is the dream we cannot remember. Or if you wanted to make it pearl, you're welcome to do that. But the dream we cannot remember. Number six, along the river where the willow leans. Or the willows lean. Along the river where the willows lean. Number seven, in the night of lions. In the night of lions. Number eight, echoes of a single voice. Echoes of a single voice. Nine, the legend I will become. The legend I will become. Ten, half child, half beast. Half child, half beast. Eleven, on the indifferent page. On the indifferent page. And twelve, once our fingers tangled. Once our fingers tangled. So those are your 12 prompts. Remember that you can, if you want to write one poem to each prompt, you can do that. If you want to mix and match them and go with line 2, line 10, line 4, and jump down and grab 7 and use all of those in one poem, you can do that. Or you can get real froggy and use all the lines in one poem. Okay, up to you. Now, we are going to work on your writing exercise and what I have done with this is I have tied in the 12 writing prompts that I just gave you into your writing exercise. So once again, they kind of feed off of each other. They keep that flow of thought process going. So your writing exercise, we're going to be using your 12 prompts. And what we're going to be doing with them, and this is a really good way to approach writing to these prompts, is what I call our pick apart a prompt writing exercise. Now remember, writing exercises are different than the one-on-one yoga pants time with your brains, you know, where you're like all zen and stuff. Writing exercises are meant to push you out of your comfort zone, make you do things you wouldn't normally do, think things you wouldn't normally think, you know, stretch yourself a little. So even if you only do this exercise one time, I want you to push yourself to do that. I want you to take these prompts and sit down and do this and see what happens. I think you're going to be surprised. Anyway, so... In this exercise, what we are highlighting is that what we do with a prompt before we write to it is far more important than what we write to it. Okay, knee-jerk reaction. I'd say the word October. How many of you thought of orange leaves, of pumpkins, of pie, witches, full moon? Those are all knee-jerk reactions to stimuli that we are is around us all the time. What I want you to do is to look past that. Be more than that. Don't be ordinary. Push yourself to that place where you write from that's uniquely yours. All right? So for this exercise, what I want you to do is I want you to take the first prompt. 
and write it at the top of a clean journal page. So we have, she learned to ignore the thorns. Write that at the top of your journal page. And then instead of writing a poem to it first, I want you to sit and write at least six different poems you could write to it. Don't write the poems. Just write the ideas for the poems. So how many ways can you twist that or turn it or change the voice, make it something else, make it the shadow of? How many different ways can you use that prompt in a poem? How many different ideas can you come up with for that one prompt? All right. So once you are done with that first one, I want you to go to the second and then the third and then the fourth, all the way down until you're done with all 12 and with all 12 of them, writing at least six different ideas for that prompt. Now, if you do this, I guarantee you that you will not be able to make it all the way to the bottom of the list, of your prompt list, without some idea grabbing a hold of you and taking you running. I don't know where you will find the poem in this. You don't know where you will find the poem in this because it's going to be something totally off the wall. But as you're doing this, something is going to find you. I promise. And if you don't believe me, do it, and then you can call me next week and say, well, you know, I was going to call you, Nyla, and say you were full of shit, but guess what? By golly, here's the poem I wrote. <laughs> and then you can read it. <laughs> so once again, these are the 12 poetry prompts that you will be using in your pick apart a prompt writing exercise of the week. One, she learned to ignore the thorns. Two, I was going things I was going to say to you when we were old. Number three, as comets move in our blood. Number four, pine woods and old crows. Number five, that would be a good one for Jimmy. Five, the dreams or dream, the dream we cannot remember, the dreams we cannot remember, whichever one you want. Six, six, <laughs> I hiccuped. <laughs> I am a professional, did you know that? Okay, six, along the river where the, where, along the river where willows lean. Whoa, 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 whoa. Along the river where willows lean. In the night of lions is number seven. Number eight, echoes of a single voice. Nine, the legend I will become. Ten, half child, half beast. Eleven, on the indifferent page. On the indifferent page. That one makes me think of a newspaper. That one that would be fun to work on. I can think of all different kinds of things for that one. Okay, number twelve. Once our fingers tangled. And I'll let you decide where the comma or the the break in that sentence should be, or maybe do them all. Once our fingers tangled. All right, there you go. Have fun with them. Remember, we are focusing on reading, reading, reading. If you're not, you guys should be able to say this along with me. You ready? If you're not reading more than you're writing, you're doing it backwards. You need to have input in order to have output. Feed your brain. You are what you eat. Don't starve your muse. Okay. <laughs> then we have the two ongoing activities we've been focusing on. First 
is I want you to strive to learn at least one new poetry form a month. Even if you're a free verse writer, even if you are a, you know, impromptu, off-the-cuff, you know, spontaneous, throw-out-your-jam and go, uh, it doesn't matter. Everybody should do this. You know, we should all, this is like the, the, the academic part of growing as a poet and as an artist. All right, so strive to learn one new poetry month or poetry form every single month. Then, next, go out every morning when you get up, go out on your day and find something worth 17 syllables. I want you to write a haiku a day. Always carry, You should always carry a notebook and a pen with you. I don't care. Figure out something. You know, sew a little pocket in the side of your underwear. I don't care. Always have a paper and pencil with some paper and pencil with you so you can jot things down. Um, and don't use your phones because it takes too long to type things out. And by the time you do that, they're gone. They change. They shift. So paper, pencil, paper, pencil. So every day, go out and find something worth 17 syllables. Write your haiku. I don't care if when you jot it down, it's only, you know, X amount of syllables. You can always go back and add the correct amount later. The thought, the idea is to get that thought down. And I actually have a project that kind of involves this whole thing, the new poetry forms and all that. I think I'm going to borrow some of you guys to help me with it. I think that I am, so beware. I'm on the hunt. I'm on the prowl. All right, those are your prompts and exercises and all that good stuff, inspiration from the inkwell. If you missed any of it, no panic, no worries. You can come back after the show, listen to the archives, and they're all sitting there waiting for you patiently. (laughs) Okay? The next thing I would like to do is play an audio track. Now, we always start and end every episode with a track played by one of you. So if you have any of thing, anything of yours recorded and you would like to have us play that, you can email them to me. The word the is in the email title, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put audio recording, MP3 files, something like that in the subject line for me. And sending me the MP3 file works much better than sending me a SoundCloud link because I can't get them to download. So I'm still working on that and trying to figure out what program I can use that's going to download those for me because most of them are locked. They don't want people pirating people's stuff, I guess. Um, So, yeah. Let me know that it's in there. Send them to me. We'll get them uploaded to the show's library and play them for the dun-dun-dun world ominous music insert here. The track that I'm going to start the show with is by Bianca Phillips, and it's called When a Boy Says He Loves My Body. When the boy says he loves my body, but does not say he loves me, I let him. I close my eyes and feel his matchstick fingers strike against my flammable skin. I can feel the way he burns the girl out of flesh, the blue out of bones, the way he admires the glass jar that traps the dying firefly. How pretty the frame, 
How soft the entrance, how beautiful. The gaping archway into the burned-out church when he leaves. Careless hands flicking a spark into the belly of my mouth just so I remember how he feels, just so I can write his name in whatever is left, just so I think of him when I try to think of myself. I find my body is a locked door. I find I locked myself out. I find I did it on purpose. If the boy will love the body and burn the girl, she will build a home upwind of the ash and pretend she is not cold. Suddenly, everything is the body, the weight, the worth, the shape, the case. It is easier to pretend the girl never existed, that all there ever was was flesh and cartilage and blood and ruins. If I am just thing, if I am just consumable, if I pretend I never learned how to kiss the ground and call it lover, then I never buried myself under the carcass of everything I used to trust. Then nothing went wrong. Then I am laughing along with the song of my own undoing. Never tell anyone how I forgot to go home, how I couldn't now, how I don't know where I left the key, how I became the stranger in the window, the ghost in the eaves, how this body became haunted, graveyard, burnt sea, how I forgot to forgive a thing that could not ask for forgiveness, how I forgot it was not the thing that needed forgiving. The body cries for me to come home, and all I can hear is his voice asking how sweetly I would like to be driven out. If I go back now, what will be left? How does the burnt forest learn to trust the sun again? How does it learn to reach for warmth without mistaking it for war? Does it ever stop being afraid of becoming beautiful and wild and a target? Will I ever stop being afraid of building myself into a castle of kindling? Does the firefly hate the hands that trapped it or the glass jar it died inside? Does it live long enough to choose? You know that if you listen to her poem, that was you know some of the stuff that I was talking about being able to poke beyond an obvious idea and look for the unique. You know, and she does that very well. All of the imagery in her pieces, you know, are just so surprising. And you know, it's things like that being able to carry through a poem that really draws a reader in, that that captures them and holds them on to the very end of your of your message. And uh, so do your homework, kids. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just such a bully. <laughs> All right. So it is time to get to our open mic portion of the show. And if you are on hold, I'll be getting to you in just a moment. But first, I want to make sure that we give out the number once again if you're trying to call in. The number is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965. I just got three messages popped up. I'm in trouble. All right, so it's the first show of the month. The first show of the month, per my agreement with you guys, I have to read a poem, one of my poems because I never do on the show, and I got in trouble. And so this was, a, this was my compromise. Once a month for a show of every month, I will read something. And so 
what I thought I would do, remember how I said, I'm doing this, okay. Um, <laughs> remember how I said that uh, writer's block does not exist? It doesn't exist because all you have to do is pick up a pencil and write. Remember when I said that I don't want you to think that every single time you sit down with a pen in your hand that you have to write a poem. That is a tremendous amount of stress and burden and pressure. And you need to let that go and give yourself permission to be wild with your words, to be messy. I mean, who do you want to be, that prim and proper person sitting in the corner needle pointing, or do you want to be messy? Give yourself permission to be messy when you write. Because in doing that, that's how you're going to grow into a much stronger writer. And so if all you have to do is pick up the pencil and write every day one thing, even if you can't think of anything to write about, write something. And so as an example of that, (laughs) what I have been doing is I have been going back to past weeks and grabbing past weeks prior to me doing this because it's pointless for me to do it now because I know it's coming up and I can set myself up and that's not cool. So this was prior to me doing this. Um, But what I'm doing is I'm taking your list of prompts that I gave you, like the ones I gave you tonight. I went and took some past ones and I wrote a poem using every single line, every single prompt, all 12 of them. But I didn't change one word in them. I didn't add any words. These are the exact prompts, word for word, but just rearranged to create a poem. That's when I talk about making messy, playing, having fun, not having to to write something that is, you know, going to get you 500 likes on Facebook every single time you sit down. You have to give yourself permission to be a little feral. Get that girdle off. Don't bind yourself into a buttonhole. So this is what I sat and wrote to the prompts. Every single one of these is word for word the prompt. Nothing added, nothing taken away. And the poem is called The Wind's Velvet Alphabet. By the indigo wind, the moon storms begin, west of our last words. Imps, devils, and tricksters who roam the cloud tops raise glasses to their lips. With a mouthful of flowers, her healing darkness comes again to human form. Stories move in your name. Confessions in old phrases with planets spinning in your wake. And that's it. The wind's velvet alphabet. Only the prompts, word for word, rearranged and shuffled into a poem. Great poem? No. But you want to know what? I had so much fun writing that and knowing that I used the prompts, looking at it in the way that they were put together it was really cool it was really fun and and I kind of like it it makes no sense but I kind of like it (laughs) so have fun make messy be feral give yourself to write like crap that's where you're going to find your best writing all right now one and done get to our callers (laughs) Once again, if you're on hold, this is what you can expect. 
you have to dial the number to you have to dial the number to call in. So the number is six four six five nine five three nine six five. And if you are planning on being on hold or you are on hold tonight, this is what you can expect. We do take callers in the order that you call in. And I always jot these down on paper in case something happens and the board messes up so you don't lose your places. So if that happens, you'll know why. I understand what I'm doing there. Uh, but we do take callers in the order that you call in. When I bring you on the air, and please, this is so important, please make sure you introduce yourself. It's really important that people know who's reading, but it's also very, very important that your name is attached to your work. Basically, what you're doing right now is you're verbally publishing your poem. We have 15 years worth of archives there, guys. You can go back and listen to anyone's poem. You can go back 12 years ago to the first show in September and listen to, and if somebody read a poem and didn't read or didn't tell you who they were, how would you know? A thousand years ago when these archives are found, or from now when these archives are found, not know who you are. So important, important. Say, hi, this is me, and... And how are you doing? And I'll say, awesome. And you're going to say, this is, I'm going to read this poem. And I'm going to say, I cannot wait. All right, so make sure you introduce yourself. Looking at the lines, we are, like I said, we are having technical issues. Right now you can read, let's do two normal poems. If the lines start to, uh, they go get the lines open up and we get busier, then I may need to switch that back to one. We've got, it looks like we have 10 lines coming into the studio right now. We normally have 200. We've got 10 lines open, and they are working on getting the other ones accessed too, but at least we got these, so you're not going to be having to sit in here all night long listening to just little old me. So our first caller of the evening, oh, wait, I didn't go through this, but I have to go. If I don't do it right, Michael will tell me. He will come on, and he will finish it himself. <laughs> All right, so make sure you introduce yourself. You can read two normal poems. When you're done reading, make sure you give out your URL. That way people can come find you and show you some love. And then please remember, we have a mature rating. That means that you're bound to hear just about anything. I never know what's going to be on the end of that line when I open it up. So, you know, just be prepared for, you know, mature rated content. But... The thing you will not hear is adult porn poems. We don't have an adult rating. So kind of think late night cable. Um, so no porn poems, no bumping body parts, no tab A and a slut B. Other than that, you guys are good to go. I'm going to give the first three callers so you kind of have a heads up where you are. We have area code 731, followed by 972, followed by 575. And I'll kind of keep you updated as we move on down through the list tonight. So let's go ahead and bring on our first caller, Mr. Michael. Hello, darling. It's Michael Todd calling from West Tennessee. How in the world are you? I am doing awesome. How are you? I'm doing great. Since you since you read your poem tonight, like you were supposed to, that's you've you've, you've done <laughs> magnificently. I'm just really proud. I'm proud of you for doing that, and I'm I'm happy. I'm very happy. Thank I you. I remember. I, could I hang get nasty up. emails when I forget. I could hang up and go home right now and just say it's been a good night. 
<laughs> yes, because that amazing poem I wrote, right? <laughs> well, it's so good yeah, to hear from you. I was remember I said I was going to be looking for some people to help me with something. What? You're one of the people that I was going to look at to help me with something. So, I'm going to tell you. As a matter of fact, I'm just going to share that with you right now. You know how when I was talking about one of the things that we are working on is to every single month learn a new poetry form? Right. And it's easy to say that, and people go, yeah, I'm going to do that. And you know what? They don't do that. I know you guys don't do that. So what I want to do is pick a different person every month, and I want to do pick a poetry form and work with them on doing a short, maybe like a half-hour workshop or however long that we end up taking. We'll just let the mic open and go. Um, we'll do a pre-recorded show on a conference call, and I'm going to pick different people and do different poetry forms each month. Beginning of each month, we will run our, our poetry form for the month. But I want you to, because I finally wrote one one um, um, sonnet. I couldn't even think of the word for a minute. <laughs> I was thinking sonic because I'm hungry. You did. You did. I want a you Chicago had, dog. You got exactly one That's magnificent. Well, actually, it was one. It was one too long. Remember? No, it's one too long on one line, one short on the other, and that's exactly one forty. Oh, okay. I'm going with your your. Yeah, we're good. So. But I thought it would be really fun to do that because then it kind of makes us it makes us face our demons, you know. And if there's a fun workshop and we're hanging out and laughing and, and you know going through something and learning, I think that would be much less painful for people than to try to find the time to do it on their own. What do you think? Good. Years ago, you came to me to do the Spirit Wide Chronicles, Spirit Wide Chronicles with you. And so now I'm coming to you to see if you want to do a sonnet workshop with me for, to start us off with. Okay. <laughs> I love it when people are so agreeable. Why doesn't this ever happen in my, you know, day-to-day life? You guys are the only cool people in the world. I'm convinced. All right. So, good. good. Thank you. Awesome. Now, go ahead. What were you going to share with us tonight, Michael? I don't know. I'm just thinking about sonnet. 30 minutes is a long time. I guess we can mix it up. We can do Shakespearean. We can do... Well, we can both write a couple of sonnets. You can talk about the different types of sonnets or something like that, and we can both write a couple. We can read them. We can talk about how they are done. We can fill up a half hour easy, especially if I'm there. Okay. All right. We'll do it. Okay. Uh, I'll be the writing coach. <laughs> hey, I got a poem here that I wrote for my writing coach, Don Lee's. He's the writing coach I follow. This was a year ago. I wrote this. I wrote this poem for for her for her project. It's called A Set, comma A Side by Michael Todd. A set aside. Four for a quarter of an hour set aside. Before I sit out on a very long ride, an outline is in order by my own design that overcomes borders that confine. Sitting behind this wheel for a jump with ideas to conceal, others to flaunt, to recall them all once a mess, but alas, my destiny is turned and past.
passage. That's it. That was too short. You have to have another. All right. I wrote a sign up this week on my Facebook page. I have a, I have different places if I form ideas. I'll write down the idea. I usually just forget about them. But this particular one, I wrote the title, and I wrote the first line and the second. I said, what the hell? I just wrote the whole thing. It's a Shakespearean sign. It's sort of, I wrote it about 15 minutes. The, uh, the last line of the second stanza it runs on into the first line of the third, and I did that because Cy Philbrook used to do that. He made me crazy when he did it. So I did that for him. So it's a little shout-out. Nobody would have known if I hadn't told them, except for Blackbird. She'd know. This is called My Backyard, 7 O'Clock Sonnet, by Michael Todd. Bury me in my backyard when I pass. Plant me in the shade of an old oak tree. In no time I will be covered in grass. I just don't want to leave home without me. Setting the scene for an early morning, the whole town of Grovewood is invited to trace my roots from death to a morning. Lawn chairs provided, no one feels slighted. Stacked in three rows, friend, foe, undecided. They who claim he gave the shirt off his back. Those who've nothing nice to say, misguided. Truth be told, I was not always on track. Colleen plays guitar. Donna sings the song. At the bridge, guest procession moves along. In poem. Wow. Do you know one of the things that I absolutely love about your writing and is you always have a target. They're always for somebody. You know, and they all they all have a home. They all have roots. You know, all the people in your life that you come in contact with, most good, sometimes the not so good, you'll 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 send down some words as well. But I love hearing it's like a road map between all my friends through your words. You know, people that we've known forever together, people that, that you know maybe I don't but I meet through you. Um, it's just amazing to me. I absolutely love that you do that. And both of those were great poems. Thank you. You're welcome, love. All right. <laughs> Time for me to step aside and make room for the real poets. Yeah, yeah. I will, I'll get in contact with you about setting up doing our, uh, doing the, uh, the sonnet thing. We can figure out a good time to make the call and do the recording, okay? Yes, ma'am. Awesome. Thank you, sweetheart. Good night. Bye, hon. All right. Our next caller comes from area code. <laughs> we have area code 927 followed by 575 followed by 916. So 972, you are on the air. Well, hello, Nyla. How are you? It's Anna. Hello, Anna. I'm doing wonderfully well. How are you, my sweet? Anna Donovan. <laughs> I forgot to say my last name. <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm impressed with your poem. <laughs> I it, liked it. Was it. A, 
it was fun to write. That one actually, you know, kind of came, that one came together well. It sounds very esoteric, and I don't know what it's about. It's not about anything. It's just rearranged words. But they came together pretty. I think so, too. Oh, yay. I keep thinking I want to mess with it and and work on no, it. No, no, no. It takes it's away, it takes away from what it is. It's, you know, take, then, it's, then it's not the prompt poem. It's just a, you know, a weird poem. <laughs> but it's no, so good to hear from perfect. you, honey. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I have brought someone with me tonight, my soul father. His name is James Musgrove. And he's an excellent writer and poet, so he should be somewhere in the queue. So I just wanted to kind of give you a heads up. Well, awesome. He's coming. <laughs> so anyway, well, I got two poems for you. One of them is called Melancholia, and it's kind of um, inspired by a movie that I watched with that James watched as well, and we both wrote our own version of poems. So let me go ahead and read it. Melancholia. Unraveling in the slow, laborious decay of the roadkill split in half. Print of a bloody tire tread. A sacrifice without the smoking fire pot and flaming torch of new covenant. The gateway shape of missing words envisions dark. The billow of black smoke when the candles wax is spent and metal guts jut from within. Exposed roadkill innards, exposed facade, the toppling house abandoned, exposed, the swollen tongue of my lost cuneiform, details of the nesting flawed, Flawed and adrift, mowed and crumbled. The sudden knowing of the end with no beginning. The dread of dying. The tremor of being. In a cloudless sky, rains dead birds covered in the vague ache of ash. Their colors inert in the ruffles of moth-eaten air. Nettle spite where the sun barred lilies and senators. Insects migrate upwards in their pre-mating swarm, and dust scapes my fingertips to the ribbed and scraped sky. In a sudden storm, the pond blooms in waves round the chiaroscuro hours of the underverse, the dance of love's empty space in the splintered, molded soul. Disturbance hums the black bile of the spiral-borne wreckage. Antarctis rises and blazes scarlet, drifts with my shadow and the rundown words in the murmuring pond. The end. That's incredible, Anna. I am really seriously such a huge fan of yours. Oh, you're a sweetheart. Thank you. You know how, you know how I, I can appreciate rap music, and I can appreciate... You know, country. They're not my favorite. But I can appreciate the talent that goes into them. I can see the genius in the music. I can hear the message. I know what they're trying to do. And and it's amazing. But it's just not my favorite, right? 
Right. We're all like that on things that reach out and inspire us and touch us. And every once in a while, as creative people, we, we all speak a very a very individualized language. We see the world in a way no one else sees it. That's why we are creative people. That's why we're artists, because we see something, we experience something in a way no one else does, and it's, I have to see you, I, I have to show you what I'm seeing. I have to make sure you hear what I'm hearing, because I know you don't hear it, but you have to hear it, because you're missing it, you know, and that's our mind thought. Yes, that's it. And every once in a while, you'll hear somebody, you'll read a poem, like I just, I, I'm reading a book right now called Helmet of the Wind, and it's by um, Cardazzo, I hope I said the last name right, the right, name right, um, and I'm reading these poems, and it's like, I should have written this. I should. You recognize yourself. It's, it's like being in a foreign country and then hearing somebody walk past speaking your language, you know, and you, you connect with it. And, and your, word, your poems are like that to me. It's like a language that it's not like the same language as mine, but it's like the ancestry of my language. I'm hearing it in there. And that, that old voice, that that ancient place, that's what I hear in your words. And I just think that it's amazing. I love listening to you read. Thank you so much. You're a sweetheart. <laughs> oh, did what you a bring gift your baby it was when you called today? in the first time. What's that? Did you bring your baby T-Rex? No. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I have a, a little a, a Pokemon Pidgey bird. Oh, Sitting here looking That's at him. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. Always have my toys. No incense, though. The last incense I had, <laughs> Robbie sent me. And uh, it was sweet grass, and it was amazing. But it's gone, and it's out, and I can't find it. And I found some the other day in an old box, and I put it somewhere so I could have it for tonight. Now I can't find it. And <sighs> <laughs> Well, you'll find it. How can oh, I listen to poetry without my incense, right? That's right. You've got to set that mood. <laughs> What's your next one, honey? Well, the next one is about an unfortunate experience I had at the dentist. I had to have a tooth extraction. So, of course, I wrote a poem about it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as poem is right. You know, like, I think we wake up every book. single... I think we wake up every single morning and we sit up in bed and we look like that. You know, you know the cartoon gar the cartoon cat Garfield. Oh, yes. And that really grumpy, that grumpy ass, twisted look he gets on his face when he's just disgusted and grumpy and mad. I think as artists, we all sit up in bed and we make that face and we look out the window and say, "Okay, day, fuck with me," because I could turn you into a palm. <laughs> So, you know what, Teeth? Yeah, fine. I'm turning you into a poem. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'd love to hear it. Oh, my gosh, you're making me laugh. Well, this one is called Extraction, so we know why. <laughs> anyway, Extraction. Oddity Museum glass shelf to my right holds a wide array of dental engineering feats. Distorted, aging gold dentures, porcelain fused to metal, before or after going in the hesitant mouth of patients. 
I browse through shelf time, glance to my future, and slide teeth and timelines with a slow finger. I see so on the lingering contentment of lavender and the metallic taste of nitrous oxide. Infection is widespread and anesthesia quickly burns. This is going to hurt, Dr. J warns. I bite down on a rubber stump placed in my mouth. The Old West, dulled by the steel corn's liquid acid. An indifferent gray cat steps, steps lightly through the patio, glances in, shakes his head, and licks a paw with a scratchy tongue. Dr. J looks like Doc Holliday on a good day, and he tears ligaments to the root, bent over, leveling back and forth with thick pliers, his knee on the chair, the tremor and agony of ripped foundations. I taste a gush of blood, and the cat's green-yellow eyes follow me with sudden interest. And the poem. <laughs> with sudden interest. I can just see it, oh. the head turned, the eyes wide, fixated. Yep. Great oh, poem, honey. Yeah. Great writer. <laughs> so that's my extraction poem. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love <laughs> it. You know, I have, I have a, this is going to sound really gross, but I have a jar with all my baby teeth in it. And I, it's got, I put, when I go to the dentist and, and like my, had my wisdom teeth pulled, I made them give them to me because I got this whole death thing. I'll tell you, I'll, someday I'll tell you guys about it. But it's like kind of like the Egyptians. I'm not going to, I'm, I want all my parts with me. <laughs> it's like leave no, no man behind. It's like, you know, I'm taking all my parts. I don't care if they're in a jar. <laughs> So when they embalm you, you want your liver and your lungs and everything. And then I thought about about taking him and, you know, I do all my archaeology digs and paleontology stuff and go out in the middle of the boonies. I thought maybe just like taking a handful and scattering them. So randomly they start finding human teeth. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Oh, my goodness. I'm an odd nut. I'm sorry, you guys. Okay. No, thank you. Tonight, you are amazing, and I love your poem. Don't you forget it. Thank you. You can find me on Facebook, everyone. I love to read poems. Uh, I follow Nyla's advice, which is input, input, input. Good girl. (laughs) So I enjoy, I enjoy reading your poetry. So please. Uh, you can find me, Anna Donovan, on Facebook, A-N-N-A-D-O-N-O-B-A-N. Thank you, everyone, and have a great evening. Okay, love and hugs to you. <laughs> Thank you, Anna. Love you, hon. We'll talk to you next week. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, Levi, 575 is our next caller. 575, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. How are you? I am awesome, baby. How are you doing? I'm doing good. This is Levi Miracle from Tucumcari, New Mexico. I remember what I was going to ask you. You were talking about things shifting and changing in your life, and I was going to ask you if that 
change and switch happened when you started wearing mascara? Oh, oh, um, actually, no. I was wearing mascara before that. Okay. But, yeah. <laughs> no, actually, it didn't. Um, well, I, uh... And I hate a man who can put on better eyeliner than me, too, just by the way, so you know. <laughs> what did you say? I said I hate a man who can put on better eyeliner than me, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, um... I came out to my parents late in life, you know. I was, like, probably, I was actually engaged to my fiancé, and I came out and um, as uh, pansexual. And um, Basically, well, doesn't that was, just mean greedy? Just, huh? Doesn't that basically just mean greedy? Greedy? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I just, it's just too much fun to settle for one thing in the world. <laughs> right, right. But no, I've worn makeup. I've makeup for a long time. Greedy. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've always liked makeup, uh, fingernail polish. You know, I've, I've always worn that stuff and uh, jewelry. I, I love jewelry. Oh my gosh, I have. I know. I love your pictures. I love looking at your pictures. I have lots of jewelry. <laughs> I feel naked if I don't go out with at least ten pieces of jewelry on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but it's it's fun. All right, you're you have an impromptu writing prompt. And do I? What you do. That? I'm giving it to you right now. You're gonna write it down. Got a pencil? Uh, yeah. Hold on. I do not have a pen. Hold on. Let me uh just type it into my. I have my notebook open or my uh. Laptop. Let me just write into here. Hold on one second. Okay, shoot. You're going to laugh at me. Okay. But I hope you do this, and I want you to have a fun, fun, I want it to be the craziest poem you've ever written. <laughs> okay. The prompt is, I can't do a thing if I ain't got my bling. <laughs> oh, my God. I love Hello, you so Wayne. much. Can't do a thing if I ain't got my bling. Can't do a thing if I ain't got my bling. <laughs> that should be a song, like for real. <laughs> then write it. <laughs> I right. know you seriously, seriously. I'll oh, make it a country one. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Scare the, scare the cowboys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll my. see if we can get Willie Nelson to back up with you. Oh, that would be gnarly. Yeah, that would be cool. But I wasn't you know, really into uh, country music for years, but I kind of gotten into it lately. So I used to really like the old twangy country. My ex-husband oh, was, yeah. loved old country, and it's a really funny story because we're talking about Willie Nelson. Um, I was working mm-hmm. for KRQU Radio in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and we used to uh, host the Cheyenne Frontier Days there. And mm-hmm. Willie Nelson was doing a concert, and it was, you know, after the concert, I was supposed to go back and interview him and get his little things for our AM station, which was a country station, our sister station. And yeah. he came out, and he was so drunk, he couldn't finish his first song, so he switched to another song. Halfway through, he said, fuck <laughs> it, and walked off the stage, because he was so drunk he couldn't perform. Oh, my So I, I go back, and I hope my sensors aren't listening. Um, I go backstage to, to telling you, you know, you know, 
Mr. Nelson, Mr. Nelson, I need to talk to you. And he turns around and says, leave me alone, you cunt, and spit on me. He spit on me. Oh, my God. (laughs) And I was so heartbroken because I love Willie. But when I thought it, now that I think about it later on in life, how many people can say they've been called cunt by Willie Nelson and spit on? And you know, spit that's on. Like the, and, I was going to say, people pay man. for that in concert, <laughs> you know. If they're in the you pit know, or whatever, they get spit on by their favorite um, it's like it's the, artist the or whatever. They, story. like, think it's an amazing thing. But, yeah, wow. <laughs> that's crazy. I could have, I right. can imagine that, though. Are you going to read two, baby? Yeah, I'm going to read two. Okay. Uh, these are two oldies, but goodies. I like. They're out of my uh, book, The Autobiography of a Broken Kid. I thought I'd read them tonight. Um, first one's called A Chapel, A Chamber Pot, and a Simpleton. I slept in the wake of what was paradise, a paradoxical implement of my nightmares. Sleeping, yet not awaking from sleep. Not awaking because sleep was never an option, never truthful. The sun, an equivocal master of paradoxes, shines through like a newborn god expecting a life, yet given a life without humanity, without the choice of being god, standing in the light of what deems to be pure. The moon, quite the seducing character, Starved by the thought of being full, questioning the ways of humanity, given a path, yet not a way out, swallowing darkness as a way of being gracious. Two worlds and a nightmare, a chapel, a chamber pot, and me. Pass me a gun, a bullet, and a cloth. Bang. Now isn't that unity? In peace. That was incredible. Absolutely amazing, you. Levi. You're welcome. Thank you. You are very my welcome. Other one, my other one is, um, I simply don't care. I wish I could spoon with the heavens, yet I have an immune intolerance to God. My heart is presented in journals of medicine as too small to calculate, yet too large to discard. I was prescribed rainbows for my depression and a Bible for my heathen ways. But with every doctor I saw or shrink I discarded, I collapsed further into the darkness that binds me. I live in the attic of my mind. I sleep in the closet of my soul. My heart's an empty faucet unable to flow with love. And still I seem to find comfort beyond the capacities of care. The devil mixes me a cocktail, and I lift his skirt and drink. I laugh at each corpse, incidentally mistaken for life, and I pleasingly fill my cup with their tragedies. I sometimes wish for difference. Yet because I'm different, I feel wanted. Because my soul is ugly, I can tragically and wonderfully discard the world as ugly. I live in the attic of my mind, I sleep in the closet of my soul, and I simply do not care if my mold isn't molded like you. In peace. (laughs) (laughs) 
that was a fun time when I wrote that. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too happy, but oh well. No, but it is incredible. Yeah, it is cool. It is Thank in, you. Yeah, I love it. I rec- there, you know, I, I could. I think in some form or another, we all can find ourselves inside there somewhere. Yeah. At some point in our life. True. At some there. point in in life, yeah, absolutely. Mhm. Awesome and incredible. Yeah. All right, sweetheart. Tell everyone how they can come over and show you some love. Yeah. Um. You can find me Levi Miracle M E R I C L E. That's actually the poetry and writings of Levi J. Miracle on Facebook. I'm on um, Poets and Writers Database in their directory of writers. Um, I'm published several places on the Internet, so you just look me up and you can find my work. Um, Yeah, and I have songs, too, coming out someday, hopefully. (laughs) So that's cool, too. do you think you're going to write that as a song? I don't know. I don't know. I, I didn't intend for it to be a song, but... The bling, no, the bling prompt. Oh, the bling prompt. I don't know. I, I very well could. I very well could. Watch, I'm, it's, I'm, it's going to win going national right next now, so. year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I doubt it, but we'll see. We'll see. You know, it would be really cool. You talk about the journey you went on, and don't let the – because you should sit down and write a bunch of different ways you could write this, like you do your pick-apart prompt with everything. But, it, you know, it, it starts out a little bit, you know. First you paint your toenails where no one else can see. The next you paint your fingernails and go out of the house. You know, your bling changes over time, over your history, <laughs> over your, you know, what your what was the first – I mean, that makes me curious. What was the first bling? The first yeah. piece of you that walked out the front door that was you, the real you. It just fascinates. <laughs> so it would be a good song. I think a lot of people relate to it. Yeah, go, yeah oh, I think go it would be. Why aren't you writing yet? I love you. <laughs> great job tonight, honey. <laughs> All right, thank you, Nyla. You have a great night and a great too, rest Levi. of the week or weekend, I guess. It's almost that time, yeah. <laughs> and we will talk to you next week? Yeah. All righty. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, thank you. Oh, thank you. All righty, now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, hon. All right, so our next callers, we have area code uh, 619, followed by 903, and then 219. So 619, you are on the air. Hi, James Lusgrave here. Hello, Nyla. Hey, James. How are you? I'm doing well. Um, I'm the godfather of that... uh, Poet Anna. Oh, She's really? She's my god daughter. <laughs> she is incredible. She is so much better than I. <laughs> but uh, anyway. Well, you're but you're me. automatically loved by by association. So just so you know. Oh, thank you. That's <laughs> that's great. She is great company. I wanted to talk about her actually a little bit because I'm mostly a fiction author. In fact, I just won an award. Um, I got the silver devil award, I suppose at the readers. uh, uh, What is it? Readers favorite. Yes. They have a contest. So I won second place for the best uh, 
volume of short stories. And I'm oh, kind of incredible. proud of that. Congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> you should be. That's in, uh, that is absolutely awesome. But I wanted to talk about Anna because, like, I'll write a, a short story. Say I'm writing about uh, an insane asylum in a parallel dimension, which I was. <laughs> and I said, hey, Anna. Hey, Anna. You, you think you have a poem about an insane asylum, you know, that, that I could look at? And then, wham. She sends it to me. <laughs> like, it's like perfect. You know, it fit, <laughs> it, it fit my story. It fit. And then I said, I got to the end of the story, and I had this, this deal with Admiral Butterflies that, that are in, only in Europe, actually. And um, I said, hey, Anna, could you write me a, a little poem about Admiral Butterflies? And this is, you know, I kind of fill her in what I'm writing in my plot. Wham. You know, like 20 minutes later. or I'm kind of exaggerating a little, but uh, she had it. And it was so perfect. Well, you know. Yeah, you know, you know, yeah, I'm a well huge she, fan of her. You know, but anyway, I just wanted to to say that that she, you know, she not only is a genius uh, poet, but she can write on demand. You know, it's like it, it amazed me. It really did. I taught English for like 25 years, um, English professor. So, you know, once in a while you'll get them in your classes. You know that that are naturals. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And first time I read a poem of hers three years ago, I said, wow, she's a natural, you know. And so we hit it up online, and we've been soulmates, so to speak. <laughs> soul, soul father and soul daughter. <laughs> that is incredible. What a beautiful story. I'm glad you shared that. I'm glad that she uh, Thank you. is sharing you with us. Thank you. You'll probably change your mind after. I... My stories were very dark, by the way, and and I was amazed that I got second place because they're. I wrote them during the COVID, you know, and so mm-hmm. each story is pretty dark. You know, I mean, we're talking, uh, you know, Kafka esque and um, that kind of thing um, about veterans and and suicide and a lot of stuff. Kind of like my poem tonight, <laughs> Melancholia. Shall I read it for you? Please, yes, please. Okay. We both saw the same film. You know that part. Melancholia. Romantic artists worship at her full radioactive radiance. Let me pick at your wounds the ones you never let anybody see, the drunken, sinewy strike of the palm against flesh when you tell him, you can't do that act. It's against your morality. But otherwise you love him and you feel his absence under the stars. When melancholia becomes a vicious planet from beyond the sun in the beyond, a round nipple engulfed by your dreamy earth of programmed eons and dreams of eternal conquests. 
you realize from astronomers that this happens billions and billions of times. And yet the squirming life forms of humanity believe it's the first time. How unjust they scream at the dropping globe about to extinguish the flame of life on this single speck of dirt we lovingly call Earth. The artist of the Romance Age worshipped the depression, the wilting nightshade and the shark's bite from beneath on a summer swim in Maldoror's passionate hate. The black ice roads that take your parents from you, the rape by your uncle in the dark who grabs your throat and tells you you're dead if you say a word. Affection dejection, all become welded together in melancholic minds. Lady Wollstonecraft Shelley wrote Frankenstein as her husband cheated on her that summer. When the poet leaves you for another, and you are also a poet, melancholia is worshipped and savored like a poisoned brain stem. Or a murderous serial killer child you have raised in your family, and you keep trying to cuddle and love it and pray rosaries over its head, and still it begins to kill the neighborhood pets, leading to your doorstep one moonlit night as melancholia plunges down toward us. Make a pact, as Faust did an attempt to live out your last days in gleeful madness. Melancholia Planet is Sylvia Plath, head in the oven, children in the other room, poet husband making love in another house, to Asha Weevil, another poet who also commits suicide. Edith Wharton's weekly visits in the hotel to screw her own father, she enjoyed these visits. Lying in the nude on the banks of the soon-destroyed hill under a rain of ashes. Holding hands with Lucifer, the morning star, who was melancholia in truth. But we never wanted to see it. Give in. Relax. It will soon be over. Like a punctured heart, or an asphyxiated lover, or the first kill of your life, as the planets collide in a freefall of intoxicated, rejected love. In the sublime emptiness, a spark, it all begins again. And thank you very much. Wow, that was incredible. You know, poetry (laughs) poetry isn't always pretty, and it shouldn't always be pretty, because life isn't always pretty. Most people are afraid to write that stuff. You know, Mm. I I thought it was absolutely incredible. It's like, it was like taking a train, if anyone's ever taken a train cross country. You know, you drive, you drive our, our country's <laughs> interstates. You see the facades in the front uh-huh. of the buildings. You see the, the pretty billboards and the decorated windows and, you know, all the things that are put out on display to show you what that town is, what that place is, right? But when you take a train, mm-hmm. you're seeing under her skirt. 
you That's right. you are seeing the the back of the buildings, you're seeing the backyard, you're seeing all the stuff people mm-hmm. want to hide. It's a completely mm-hmm. different it is it's almost like stepping back in time. Because yeah, there's no like there's in, no glitch the in the backyard. Of yeah. So yeah, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. I appreciate, I'm just a beginner, so, but Anna helps me. <laughs> I read a lot of her stuff. Well, she she is a good teacher, and um, I'm really glad that she had you come. You know, you you said that you're new to this. Is that writing? You obviously write short stories a lot, but poetry is new for you. Yeah. Well, I took a graduate course in it. Um, but never pursued it as much as I mm-hmm. did with my fiction. So, but, um, but I'll, you know, it'll sprout out of me sometimes when I'm writing a, a short fiction piece because I, I can't find any other way to express something. So did you, and were you so, listening at the beginning of the show and hear the prompts that I gave out? Yes, I love some of those, especially the thorn, you know, the, the extracting the thorn that was that was uh, quite. Those will be in the archives. Or you can shoot me a message on Facebook. I can and I can send them over to you. I can copy and paste and send okay. it in a, in a message if you want. I don't know if you, are you on my friends Already? list. I don't think you are. Are you? No, I did, I wrote to you and asked to be a friend, but you're so busy, so I guess you didn't see it. What a snotty little bitch I am. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> you know, just so full of myself, right? I can't even accept a friend's request. Who the hell do I think I am? <laughs> well, you've been ill. I have been. I have been. All right. Shoot me over a message if you would. I'm going to go through my I friend's will, request and find you and get that done. Okay. And I'll send you the prompts because I want you to write to one. I want you to pick okay. one and write to it. That'd be cool. Yeah, that's that's your homework, new new guy we love and has to come back forever now. <laughs> okay, thanks a lot, Nyla. Take care. You're welcome, Have a great honey. weekend. Do me a favor and tell people how they can come find you. Yeah, at, uh, I actually have a website, you know, because I'm a published author, and um, it's Emory Publishing, E M R E, Publishing, dot com. And I'm on Facebook under Jim Musgrave is my less okay, I wrote that, I wrote that down name. so I can yeah. make sure I find it. <laughs> okay. Awesomeness. All right, Great. sweetheart. Appreciate you. Appreciate your read. Absolutely incredible. Thanks. You're Great. very welcome. Love it. And we will see. I mean, see you next week. Yeah? Yes. Okay. Typical girl, give me an inch, I'll take a mile. <laughs> Bye, Jim. <laughs> Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> Bye. 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 All right. Our next caller. Let's go ahead and give out. We have uh, next caller will be area code nine zero three two one nine and two three two. Oh, what happened to? Oh, there's nine zero three. Nine zero three two one nine three two three. Will be our next three callers. So. 903, I think this is Eric. Eric, is this you? Hello, hello, Nyla, this is Eric Shellman. Hey, up? I was thinking about you today. I was oh, working you. on the show, and it's like I haven't heard from Eric in a while. And I went to try to find you 
to send you an invite, and I couldn't find you. So either I had already sent you an invite or you're hiding from me. Uh, no, I'm not hiding. I'm, I'm uh, no longer on social media. And I deleted my Facebook, my Gab, my Instagram, and my Twitter. I'm just living my life regular day by day, second by second. I got well, tired of being ripped apart. Why were they ripping you apart? How dare they? Well, not them exactly, but like you talked about at the beginning of the show, people get nervous about writing and not posting and different stuff like that. Not that I'm getting nervous, but I'm just saying that my in, my social media got into affecting my real life, if that makes any sense. You know what you should do, my love, is you should start a page and make it personal. Make it completely private, and don't use yeah. it for social media and like that. But use it as an email thing, so that because how 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 would I get a hold of you? How would I know you're okay? I would worry. Yeah, you wouldn't. That's the, yeah, I could do that. I thought you about know, there's, making there's people, uh, but just make it private. And just use it something. as an email. Yeah, yeah I could do something. Yeah, that'd be cool. Okay, yeah, I can definitely and, do and that And make too. sure you add me for a friend if you like me. I mean, if you want to be my I will. friend. Okay. Of course I want to be your friend. <laughs> I wouldn't be on the show if I wasn't. <laughs> I also wouldn't have written your poems, too. So I mean. I know, and amazing ones, because you're the coolest person in the world. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, I got uh, some homework I just wrote, actually, today. So uh, the first one is really personal, and you'll get a kick out at the end. It's real raw and rough. Or not raw, and, uh, it's raw, uh, not... <laughs> It's sentimental, my bad. It is raw, but I'm saying I haven't had a chance to. It's I just wrote it, so I haven't even okay. edited anything. So. All right. So yes, last weekend or last week I was on the show, and one of the prompts was the words I learned. I learned from you. I'm gonna mm-hmm. try to read it without crying. So, like a little baby. But anyways, here we go. You ready? Mhm. All right. The words I learned from you were the most important words I have ever learned because you taught me how to speak, read, and write good American English. The words I learned from you taught me me the importance of loving to read and write and the importance of literacy in all forms of languages, communications. The words I learned from you taught me the righteous and wayward path of living according to you. The words I learned from you taught me how to act, react, whenever unfortunate events came to be. The words I learned from you were most vital in helping me form and figure out my morals, ethics, and values. And even whenever I didn't listen to them or to you at that time, the words I learned from you were the most special to me, even when I disagreed with them. The words I learned from you can never be taken away from me, nor Will I ever forget them? The words I learned from you taught me so much, even as you read all sorts of things inside of while, while I was inside your womb. The words I learned from you will be forever loved and cherished by me. The words I learned from you taught me to give gratitude where it's due. I am truly grateful for everything you have. Oh, hang on you have done and continue to do for me, Mother. I stand in peace. 
That's beautiful. Thank you. Appreciate it. I'm glad you liked it. I was it. listening no for clues and stuff throughout to find out who it was, who that yeah. voice belonged well, to. Right. Well, the thing was, uh, that's absolutely true. It actually really happened. But um, when I was getting into ghazals, which are Persian, and actually I haven't mastered them yet, but I did one or two a long time ago. I need to, I need to get back into that, learning the poet, uh, poem, different poem a day. But uh, the ghazals, they actually have the speaker, even if it's fictitious, at the end, just like I did. So that's where I got that idea from. So, And I wanted to lead the reader and have a little mystery and suspense as well. So, But I'm glad you liked that. I just wrote it before I jumped on the show and also did some more homework. I've been a good boy this week. So, like uh, a gold star uh, or something. That's right. Yes, I do. <laughs> so <laughs> this is actually a haiku that I just wrote, too. I just wrote three of them, actually. But um, this one is, it's not titled, so I just wrote it. Writing a haiku daily keeps my sanity at Sailor's Uncharted Bay. That's the end piece. Okay, do it one more time. Writing a haiku daily keeps my sanity at Sailor's Uncharted Base. That was awesome. See, that's why you need to do a haiku a day. That's do right. That? Do you try to do that every day? No, I try. I've been slacking, but I also work out in the heat and humidity, so sometimes yeah. my brain gets all mushy. That's okay. But I do try, you know, though. nothing else, you know, a lot of, you know, when we were little, most of us had to drop to our knees and, you know, say our prayers. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I think that, right. if you, you know, it, it'll be okay if you drop to your knees and write your haiku every night before you crawl into bed. That's right. You definitely can. <laughs> the definitely Church of Nyla. That's right, the Church of Nyla. <laughs> I need to write you a book now. I actually made my own religion, too, a long time ago. And I actually made my own dialect of merging different languages, too. It was a real pain, but that was back in the Navy. (laughs) That's 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 a lot of work. (laughs) Yeah. It's like uh, Tolkien and uh, what's his name? I forgot who that other one was, but they were linguists, too. Tolkien actually created The Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit in the Samaritan. I don't know how you pronounce it, but and he actually wrote the dwarf language and the elf language and so on and so forth. So, But, yeah, he was really smart, too. So that's pretty cool. Well, I'm glad you like my poems. I'm not going to take up too much time. Yeah, I'll I'll make me a little hide behind, <laughs> a little ghost profile, and I'll add you. That's awesome. Good, because I was sitting there. It really bothered me today that I could It bothered me I couldn't find you. It scared me. Right. Well, I am on YouTube, and I do have an email, too. So, And that's I'm actually talking to some of my poet friends on the email. So, But, yeah, and I've been writing those. Uh, I just wrote five poems. Uh, I'm working on Southern uh, Lifestyle, Hospitality, Bells, Gentlemen, and different stuff like that. These are actually true to my heart. Uh, chivalry, gallantry, curtsy, and different stuff like that. But I'll share those next time. I don't want to take up everyone's time. (laughs) Well, thanks so much for the platform. Truly appreciate it. I'm on YouTube. 
and I actually have a new blog. I, I, of course, I didn't write it down, but I always forget. Like I said, the, the heat and humidity gets me. I've been digging all day, so it's a lot of fun. But it's all good, well, though. I Thanks appreciate so you after your busy day making time to spend with us here, by the way, so thank you. Well, you're welcome. Thanks for having the platform. Appreciate it. And I'll be here on next week as well, and I'll try to get another prompt. Maybe I can start doing a prompt a day, too, so not just a haiku a day. And maybe I can start doing a prompt a day, a haiku a day, and a different poetry form and style a day, too. That'd be cool. How about a new goal of just fitting everything in in a day that the day allows? Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to overexert my brain, that's for sure. No, nobody needs that I kind did, of pressure. I did, <laughs> yeah, I've already I've already done that before. I had like 13 unfinished poems, and I tried to do, I was trying to finish them left and right. At the same time, I was also working on a novel, and I was working on short stories too. And my mind just went, and I was like, all right, I'm done with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was a fun experiment. Well, thanks so much. Uh, have a great night. Um, Glad you liked my poems. I know one was really short, but that's all right. So, uh, and I'll be here to speak. Yeah. And uh, I'll be listening to the rest of the show. I'm about to make me some hot dogs, actually. So. Yum. Dinner. You want some? I do. I do. For sure. All right. I'll send them to you. Let me (laughs) make my ghost profile. I'll give you an address. I'll get your address. Okay. Give me some airmail. for me. Put them in a uh, hair... Air flight. Uh, <laughs> put them in a refrigerator. <laughs> flight. Yeah. Funny. All right. Well, have a good one. Great talking to you. And I'll keep you posted on my stuff, too. I'll find you on Facebook. All, All right. right, sweetheart. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, honey. Oh, you're absolutely welcome. And thanks again. Have a great night. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye-bye, hon. All right. Our next caller, oh, Brother O, area code 219. 219, you're on the air. Hey, now, how you doing? This is Brother O from Chicago, and how you doing? I'm doing absolutely wonderful, dear sir. It's good to hear from you. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. You are welcome. So what is going on in your world? What do you have for us tonight? What are you going to share? Uh, uh, got this poem called, uh, Brother, what would you tell your 21-year-old self if you met him in person? If I bought a time capsule and traveled back in time to the year 1996, to have the once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to have a one-on-one conversation with the 21-year-old version of myself, I would be very honest and transparent with him. I would tell him, don't be in such a rush to get married and start a family right away until you are ready to handle the crown, being a husband and father. I would tell him, you need to do these fast girls alone because you have to be very careful who you choose as your girlfriend or wife. Find a woman who truly cares about you and appreciates you as a real man, regardless of her physical looks and appearance. I would tell them, figure out what you want to pursue in your life. 
come up with a plan and vision for where you want to see yourself in 5, 10, 15, or 20 years from now. Discover your true passions and do whatever it takes to be successful. Omar, you are a very smart, intelligent young brother who has a lot of tap potential. Well, hey, I understand that you have a special talent for writing. Eventually, a breakthrough will come through writing when you decide to focus on your gifts and come out of your comfort zone and immerse in yourself. I will tell them, you need to get rid of that resentment, bitterness, and anger you've been carrying around your spirit for years before you end up hurting and killing somebody. Wind up in prison for the rest of your life and seeking retaliation and revenge or seriously being hurt by people. It is not worth ruining your life, son. You're going down the path to your self-destruction, young brother. What you need to do is read that Bible and learn how to forgive those people who hurt and reject you. Else that anger, hatred, and rage will consume you and lead you to do things that are not in your character. See, Omar, there are a lot of good qualities that you have to offer to the world because deep down inside, you're a really good dude with the capabilities to love people. And I also tell them, I know your dear grandmother is no longer with you in the physical realm and you miss her dearly, but turning the alcohol away and cope with the loss is not the way, young man. You got to overcome too many obstacles to be in up the alcohol you've been through too much in your life to, to master pain with a substance. We ain't going out like that, young brother. As long as you got a guy in your corner, you ain't never by yourself, son. In palm. <laughs> beautiful, beautiful words. Don't you think you would have listened? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. Uh, and the last part of the poem goes, I also tell you not like every guy out here. You ain't meant to go out to clubs and party, be partying. You ain't meant to be part of the crowd because God got a special plan for your life. That was the last part of it. So, Love it. Beautiful, beautiful right, hon. Thank you. Are you going to read two tonight or just the one, hon? No, I only read just the one. That's all. Okay. All right. Well, do me a favor and tell every, everyone how they can find you. Uh, those, those, of you those of you who want to know more about about me and my work, you can go on Facebook under the name of my brother O'Gather. You can find me there. Uh, this weekend I'll be... Red Carpet Holster at NASA Sport Board Awards in Chicago. And uh, I have some some other things going on right now. Just uh, it's great to have the gifts. Just, uh, just grateful for the support that I receive every week. And I'd like to say thank you to everybody that does support me every week. Appreciate it. I appreciate you being part of our family, honey. Thank you. Welcome. Awesomeness. 
All right, and we will see you next week, right? Yes. Perfect. All right, hon. Thank you. Great job tonight, sweetie. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Our next caller comes from area code 323. 323, you are on the air. I think this is sincere. I'm trying to remember. I'm sincere. on the air. You can reach me at Ed McKinney at Facebook. I'm going to get it out the way. You can reach me at uh, Coach Ed on Instagram. I'm on Linktree. You also can find me at One Half Court Publishing on Google. And if you've got any questions about uh, getting your book published, you go info me, info at one half court publishing or one word dot com or dot org. Forgot which one on the website. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing absolutely wonderful. How are you, honey? I just finished my solo book. Um I'm I'm proud of it. Um I'm uh it's my first book out of my company that I did with you know, my own so I can mess up my own work. So when I get ready for <laughs> others, I know exactly what to do. So I'm, I'm proud of my first book, so I'm just looking at it right now before I get it distributed and see what, what design covers. So I'm excited. I'm, I finished my book today, so I'm, I'm happy. Congratulations, sweetheart. That's amazing. Thank you. I'm very proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm reading. It's called We'll Never Know. We'll never know, will I? On a night where the sun and moon cared to kiss, forgetting each tropic storm, withers, lyrics, offering solace, inside a house of plentiful. Money will die a slow death as with her chairman coin that claims us prisoners whose life depends on another's fairy tale. We'll never know. Afraid when marriage wasn't from my forthcoming, shortchanged by his body language, Miss Norma. How could she? I have known her from this afternoon, during the vacation past and present. How once a mother's words often spiked my innovation to firing of horns as we laid down under a curve of brimstone. She was talking about what's going to happen when I failed and I fell down a flight from hell. Not every staircase is a brown default to letting you fall into her slumber. I will never know. And I will never get another passing storyline to tell how much I missed the change during the year of a snake and bell swayed back and forth. I didn't see the river cry as the dragon danced aloft. Her kiss shall I die a thousand sleeplessness as for seeing her coming home from work, not knowing that was her mystery, conjuring dead posts of poetry, misunderstandings. So I need then and now, not talking about what's good with her divine mercy and grace to send me on my way for another wish. We'll never know. See her cry, share another anniversary, birthday dishes. I'll never make love to her shadow of myself, although I wish her the best in this life. We call time in a tomorrow's dream. We'll never know as I knew what difference a diamond from a petal of a pearl shine under a ruby's glare or something far more precious than a coral red hair. Miss you a thousand sad sleeping alone nightlessly under a fragile hug. 
will never know. Edmund McKinney, sincere from all that. That's it, please. Wow. That was amazing. Thank you. You are very, very Thank welcome. You. And I want to, uh, I agree with you. There's no such thing as a writer's block. Um, you write about the picking up a pen. Uh, I, I do. I believe it. But I do have a moment where I, I don't feel like it, if that makes sense. I have a lot of thoughts, but I don't feel like I should share it. I just write them down and, and don't know where I put them. I swear. See, that's the point. You don't have to share every single thing you write. And people really think that you do. You know, if I write it, it has to go out there for the world. And you don't. You know, sometimes you just have to write the stuff nobody gets to see. Right. Just to get off your chest. I I got so many things on my mind. Okay, anyway, uh, I agree with you. So the next one's called Never Was I. Never was I born into slavery, yet words from the past hunt me down as if I must have been enslaved and shackled. Never was I born to be defending my DNA. Black is an honor, not a disgrace, for someone is a greatest senator or a debater questioning my validation as a human being. Never was I born to continue to control your present thinking that we are all the same. Get over it. But yet... We have a lot in common when we deal with, okay, slow down. You might want to think about this beforehand. We share the same things, death, taxes, matrimony, divorce, children of the fielder's choice, education, friends we have, and family we're born into. Okay, drop your comments below after you finish getting out of your shell or your feelings when we also deal with life decisions based on male and female gender. Come on, pull up on me. With what? Did you not say I could not fathom ghosts? Did you not utter such passion for your soon-to-be alternative reason? Hashtag empath experience. Never was I born to live forever. Never was I born to die. The press for speaking my mind out loud in another language you failed to try to even learn correctly. Oh, yeah. What's that you say? English. Ha, huh? got you. Got you thinking about if I was to speak in another tongue, could you understand the words I express? Hashtag strategy. Never was I supposed to settle down around them or their ideology theory thesis. For sure, you got me wanting to add up my own calling of future tense as well as my previous message to learn what they had been doing by hiding information. So thought of the day to lie. Borrow time inside a broken soul whose heart died from the toxicity of another bad karma. Never was I supposed to support your fruit of labor when you never told the form of receiving. Sunrise to subtraction at zero and ozone we use as oxygenated blood theory. Never was I to marry a family member off the same tree as my father's seed, planting another garden of Eden. Never was I together with trying to sleep with my aunt from a marriage of her niece proxy. I want to take time no more with this. However, I get down to this logical logistics behind firewalls of disparity. Of disparity. Can I, will you marry your secondary color from that same thought a second ago? Okay, never wanted to make sincere condolences. Bearing you is a lot more funner than to marry personal development based on money, religion, and, of course, value of human resources for sleuths. 
cannot bear fruits. Never was I in peace and in the county in Los Angeles. Wow, that was intense. That was absolutely incredible. You, I, I, I got to say this. Those phrases, those those little pointers you give, give us, I dwell on it, and I put them all together. And then <laughs> I start reading USA Today, and I start picking up newspapers. Then I start thinking about everybody that inspired me. And then I'm just like, man, there's a lot to really put together and to write. But when I do write, I, I think about everything you put out and, and many other people do it. So I want to say thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. I do need your email so I can forward our haiku so we can work on time and when you want to do it. Um, I'm, getting, I'm getting all the information together. Awesome. Work for me, sweetheart. I appreciate it. I appreciate you. <laughs> all right, sweetie. So was that two? Yes, that was two. See, I'm just wishful thinking. All right, do me a favor. Tell everyone how to find you, hon. You can find me at um, Coach Ed at Flash here on Instagram, Ed McKinney um, on Facebook. You also can find me on Linktree, Ed McKinney, aka Sincere, and also on Google at One Half Course Publishing. That's where you can find me. Very, very cool. All right, sweetheart, and we will see you here next week. Absolutely. You have a wonderful week ahead of you. And happy Labor Day and everything else. Thank you, sweetie. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, ma'am. All righty. Our next caller comes from area code. Let me go to the next one. We have, oh, where'd it go? Six. We have 615-832 and another 832. Looks like we have Soldier Blue and then maybe Amelia, I think. I'm not sure. All right. Area code 615. You are on the air. Hi, Nala. This is Clarence. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing awesome, Clarence. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing very well. I've gotten things quieted down, and I don't have to turn up down and up the thermostat for about another hour. (laughs) Good. That's always a plus. Oh, yeah. It keeps me busy. (laughs) So what's been going on with you? What do you have for us this week? I must know everything. Well, I I have two poems for you. And the first one is called Hawk Eyed Peers. I'm under the microscope, examined as a specimen, recognizing I'm a special man, God-embedded spiritual intelligence. Quotes unlimited, posted on timelines are wisdom clips, meant to enhance and enrich my inner self and shake and wake me out fake innocence. But my space is invaded by chocolate-shaded ladies, intoxicated by my rhyming works I've provided through my playlist. I'm perpetually wearing a cylindrical symbol wrapped around my finger that'll sting the police in synchronicity. But listen, I'm not single. 
I'm not an online dating member of Ashley Madison or Christian Mingle. If I date a chicken head with chicken pox, she's blowing off the shingles. My foundation would be cracked and off balance, pretty much unlivable, tied to her umbilical cord like an imbecile. I'm cut off like the barber of Seville, Figaro. I've got this ice box where my heart used to be in San Antonio, so I finger roll. I come smoking and robbing your son, and it's going to take a miracle. Ask your doctor if my kind of drug is right for you. Lyrical. Drop some A1 steak sauce to your dry meat and leave the bones. Stop reading the tabloids. Ain't no thing going on with me and Mrs. Jones. It's cheaper to keep her. And there's nothing to argue or debate. I'm your neighborhood frugal hockey player on ice. Just a cheapskate. Once again, I've been distracted by someone being attracted to my passion. I sense and see them trolling and tracking where I am at, according to random thoughts meant to impact one of the vast majorities of masses revealed by my father, my master, and they've captured only a snippet of the first chapter. Within this visual written novel, where my God through his life shows he's awesome. Yet some women want to devour me as this product they've always wanted, like Polska, kielbasa, sausage, and therein lies the problem. Too many hot lips acting like hooligans, targeting me like they really have a shooter's chance. Eyes radiating like x-ray vision right down through my pants to see if I'm packing like I'm from Green Bay and I'm a snack mix. Please back up. And yes is the answer. And I know you see as attractive. Having two horses being the most interesting man in the world as you want to bobble my head nationwide like I'm Peyton Manning. I've got too many hawk-eyed peers asking me if we could mash up. Don't you even value the sanctity of marriage? You're so desperately dehydrated you disintegrate into sand dunes, blowing in the wind like dust harmonized in Kansas. This isn't love, you white snakes, so stop hip-hopping different beds in Atlanta. Silly rabbits, tricks are, tricks are for kids. And I see you boiling for fatal attraction, coming to a theater near you next to when Harry met Sally's spasms. You so fake salivating, saying you'll have what my wife is having. You display yourself at halftime because your love life is so jacked up. That's tragic and also pathetic. You're like in vogue at a G20 summit convention. You're never going to get it. In peace. <laughs> You're barking up the wrong tree, baby. <laughs> Exactly. I bet your wife loves that poem. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she got a tickle out of that one. I love it. <laughs> All right, Clarence, my darling. Tell everyone how they can come find you, what you have going on. You have a business that you run with your beautiful wife. Let us know about that. And Oh, my business is marriage, and it's running kind of smoothly. <laughs> but how you can catch up with me. At Facebook.com backslash Clarence Ferguson Jr. Or you can go to my group page and it's C Double 34 Music and Friends. 
perfect. All right, sweetheart, and we will talk with you next week? Yes, you will. That works for me perfectly. All right, right, honey. (laughs) Thank you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 832. I believe this is Soldier Blue. 832, you're on the air. Maybe not. 832, now maybe you're on the air. No, I'm not on the air yet. (laughs) Now you are. No, I'm not not here yet. (laughs) I have to read again. Why do I got to read again? Because you you keep calling in, Soldier Blue. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) I, I don't know why this surprises you. (laughs) <laughs> hey, we all got to have something there, don't we? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, this is kind of, well, I've just been writing and I've got some, I've got one for tonight and I'll have three of them ready for next week. I'm not, obviously won't read all three, I'm sure, but you know, uh, there's some, those ones next week are going to be interesting as far as uh, how people act or react to them. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I'm uh, right now. I'm reading like, and not to be, not to make it sound like, you know, egotistical or anything. It's just the, for whatever reason, the the the, the books that I'm reading right now are. are dovetailing together in terms of uh, the information that I'm getting from them. And I'm reading like three books at the same time. And it's not all the same uh, subject either. I mean, it's not, it's not, and, and, and also not from the same time period, which is why I'm, I'm kind of looking at it like, this is kind of cool that, you know, that's coming from, you know, from ancient history Kind of like middle, and then uh, yesterday, uh, but for, for whatever <laughs> and reason, then yesterday. Just, yeah, you know, and it's like okay, I'm 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 a roll with it. I don't know what's going to come out of it, but I'm a roll with it. You know, it's kind of like I say, it's kind of interesting. Um, what the 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 book that I that I'm reading that has that kind of sense of 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 like uh, immediacy, I guess you could say. I think you would find very interesting, Miss Nyla. It's a book called Inflamed, and it's written by two peop- two authors. One is a lady who is a doctor of medicine, and the other is a gentleman who writes a lot on uh, social ills and injustices. And it's an interesting way that they've that they have uh, come together and been writing this this particular book, which uh, was only uh, came out on the third of last uh, last month. And the, the authors are Rupa Maria and Raj Patel, and it's called the book is called Inflamed: Deep Medicine and the Anatomy of Injustice, and. The, what they're doing is, is they're taking the systems of the body and they're talking about things like the, the COVID, they're talking about things like systemic racism, and they're showing 
by impact, you know, how those those particular uh, um, outside influences, if you will, are, impact our bodies. And like I said, it's a very interesting approach. I have I've not seen a book that, that that you know has taken this kind of approach before. So I'm going to say I think it's very interesting. So it's anyway, awesome. there you are. And I love that yeah. you're sharing what you're reading because that's important. Reading, I mean, look how how has reading all that stuff influenced your writing lately? Oh, I, and it's big time. I mean, I'm reading I'm reading that book. I'm reading one that it could really be considered a classic. Just because of the uh, the the case with that they're working on, in in particular, meaning in this case, uh, the murdered and missing Indigenous women, where it began, not 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 necessarily began because that's a, that's a wrong that's a wrong statement, uh, where it first became noticed, which was up in Canada, and and then at the same time, I'm also reading a book called The Other Slavery, which starts with the 1500s and the Spanish, and it's talking about the slavery of, of Native people and basically the means and mode of getting around the laws which were instituted in regard to no Native people were supposed to be enslaved. But yet it's still they found ways around those rules and laws to be able to do that and according to what the author is saying he's saying that there are uh, these are the these are in many ways the the models that present day human trafficking and and uh, uh, sex trade uh, use today so i find you know like i say it's, it's a weird mix i know but it, it, it really, it's, it, in its own way, it, it, like I say, it kind of sits, they kind of sit parallel to each other. So, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm just happy that it's happening that way. I mean, to me, it was just kind of like, like a cool thing as far as like, okay, here, I've, basically, like if you want to take it into a metaphor, okay, here I have the colors red, black, and yellow. And I can see where they meet, and I know where they where they function, and I know that they're not coming from the same area, but yet they still are traveling in that same direction. So that's, that's, that's it's kind of a strange thing. <laughs> it's fun. It's fun like for me. It. I like that. <laughs> I enjoy that. Well, I will get to it, though. I don't want to take up too much time. I know there's other folks out there waiting. This one's called uh, Laws of the Lower 48. Laws of the Lower 48. 48 broken bordered states shine flat and rustic beneath a murderous sunrise and we are burnt by a relentless resurrection prayers to the morning star prayers to our peoples the ones that yet live and breathe within us dredging effects laws like Steel hooks made to draw blood, made against the other ones, made to flay our sons and daughters, made to inflame those who refuse to obey. You cannot protest. 
You cannot delay corporate interests. Law enforcement, now the running dogs of corporations, mercenaries with a badge. How sweet. Meanwhile, five billion Mississippian gallons for fracking, drought year, dried riverbeds, rice bread beds, sacred food of the Anishinaabe, treaty rights of first harvest, 1855, man-made famine, greed-induced death of a river, splash of red, red hand across the face, Jorge Nompe. There is the will to be seen. No rights, no innate freedoms under a blood-woven rag, swung with the frenzy of patriotic fears. For example, of a settler nation. Red Earth, red earth roots, Wajinitra, exemplars of owned free will. Laws of the lower 48, 48 fraudulent states, genocidal flaws and all, population control, women, watch yourselves, hysterectomies are trending again, 33 of the lower 48 with laws of surgical holocaust, and they say our hands are tied, and we tell them, nah, just the tubes of our women, future generations, laws, a license to kill. Beige, trojo, bluegrass, buffalo grass, graves under a neutered sky, blemishes, blandishments, blood-fed minds, gourd bless, what? Head in the wrong direction there. Higher standards, lesser life. Who said you could have a child? Only a past you can't block. Only a post box you can't vote. North Dakota. If you're into that, prepare yourself, defend yourself. There is no other way, is there? Die, animate boy, girls, women, and children, human trafficking, enslavement, MMIW, murdered, missing indigenous women. What's missing is an official forward investigation death to dreamers and earthen realities of responsibilities our sisters our children 
5,296 and counting. A boarding school bone rent educated killing with unmarked graves, mass of descendants amassed in trench work, human remains, mass graves, death and dying. Does anyone speak a word? Laws, steel hooks. Made for a bloodletting, we will see that you also reap that beneficence. Red earth, my sisters dancing in the stained shadows, killers on the loose, the little ones singing in the moonlight, our loved ones protesting the death of sacred trust, rivers, rice, manuman, sacred food. Stop line number three, Treaty 1855. Non-natives, Euro-craven descendants, still telling lies. Laws of the lower 48, red earth, we will see you soon. In peace. Wow. You know, people, I don't know if they don't know what's going on right under their noses or if they just choose to not see it. You know, it's, it's not like we've become, quote, quote, more civilized. We've just learned to hide our ugly and our misdeeds better. You know, and and yeah. surround ourselves with people who are willing to keep our secrets. You know, somebody knows what's um, going on. Somebody knows. Always. Every day. Mm-hmm. Somebody knows why it's happening, where it's happening. I mean, they just, I don't know. So, Fantastic news, yeah. honey. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, and you can find me on uh, Facebook, uh, Rafe Wild, and then underneath in uh, parentheses it'll say Soldier Blue at Facebook.com. And then uh, Red Earth One is my podcast. So it's just redearthone.com. And uh, I haven't put anything on there recently, but I'm going to because I need to uh, I need to step it up some more and throw in another couple of episodes up there with newer works and get that going up. Getting going to keeping up keeping up with that. It would be awesome because then that would be more for us. Yeah. Not that I'm greedy much. Nah, you know. Uh, but if you want, I can uh, I can put the uh, uh, put that title in the the book that I was mentioning first uh, in flame. I can put that on your uh, on, on the, the the page. Oh, of course, please, yes, do. You know, people are going to be looking like for that. They, it's a 
It's a very cool book, man. I haven't gotten very far, but I, I just like the way that they, 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 it's, it's, it, to me, it's like they're speaking to me. So I, I, it's like I'm listening to, to the words I'm reading. So, you know, I like the way they talk to me when I'm reading the book. Awesome. Yeah, please do that. That would be very helpful. Sure. Cool. All right, sweetie, tell everyone how to find you. I did. I did. Again. Okay. 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 I'll do it again. Fine. I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> a window from tech support just popped up and totally. It's like, oh look, freaking butterfly, huh? What? <laughs> oh goody. Hey. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, we got. Uh, you can find me Rafe Wild uh, at uh, Facebook and uh, underneath uh, Rafe Wild in parentheses you see Soldier Blue, and then you can also uh, find me at or uh, listen to some of my works. Uh, which are in varying formats. Uh, some of them have music. Some of them have uh, 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 kind of like uh, rhythm, you know, rhythm shots to it with different uh, kind of instruments. Uh, so it's not all just one thing or another. And that's uh, redearthone.com. That's where you, the podcast is. Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much. Fantastic reads tonight, always. Thank you. It's a good You're welcome. Season. We'll talk to you soon, baby. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Our next caller comes from area code 832. 832, you're on the air. Good evening, Nyla. I knew it this was Amelia. It is Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen out of Houston, Texas. Good evening. Good evening to you. It's good to hear from you, love. Thank you. Um, So the first piece I have for you is called Moonlight Love. Weave the moonlight into a nest of our love. Bring joy overflowing. Allow us to soar into the universe. No more space and time, just us. Make me yours forever. Love me until the end of time. Cherish me with your heart of gold. Cling to me more than time has minutes. Pour your devotion into my soul. Hug me so tight I forget the past. Kiss my tears away. Hold my hand and never let go. Protect me from the monsters and dragons of the world. Restore my heart with loving tenderness. Allow our love to glide upon the universe. Dance with me upon the stars. Never allow doubt to consume us. Bring two into one. One heart, one mind, moving in perfect unison. Most of all, make me safe in your presence, never to fear again. Our hearts beating like Congo drums, the melody played by our romance, electricity flowing as our bodies unite, a truly exquisite expression of our love. Treat me 
like the valuable diamond that God formed me into. I will be your support and your partner in our waltz through the rest of life's passages. To honor you and submit as your queen, cascades of love everlasting will be our fate. Forever a moonlight of love. Musings of Emilia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. <laughs> Always your words are treat, treat sweetheart. Thank, thank you so much. Um, You're very welcome. Uh, so the second piece um, is called uh, Kingship Qualifications. For anyone who would like to apply, uh, this is called Kingship uh, Qualifications. I'm a survivor of weak men and drama. I'm ready to unbreak my heart and let the right man in. He must be God-centered, a praying man who puts the Lord first in his life. I'm looking at a man's heart, mind, and soul. Is he the kind of man that will make time for me during the day, regardless of his busy schedule, to check in on me? Will he bring me flowers just because, for no special reason, just to brighten my day? If he is away on business, will he drive, fly for hours to be by my side in a critical situation? Will he romance me with candlelight dinners, taking me to a jazz club to slow dance with? When he looks at me, does he see the most beautiful woman in the world? Does his breath leave his body as I speak? Is he solid, dependable, reliable, strong, yet is also soft, warm, sensitive, sweet, and romantic. It is a rare man that can balance both soft and strong simultaneously. Someone who loves and appreciates music. I need my mind to be made love to before he ever touches me. Someone who would kiss my tears away and hold me tight to support me emotionally through all life's twists and turns. A man who goes for a walk to cool down if we get into an argument, not to use his hands to attack. One who sees a diamond and doesn't run after a shiny piece of glass down the street. A man who is a partner with me in every aspect in life not controlling or manipulative, yet a leader who I can trust, that my female will submit to his maleness, a man who knows I'm the one he has been looking for, waiting for all his life. Of course, we all have drawbacks and negatives, but the positives must outweigh the negatives. I'm not looking 
for perfection, just a man who sees past my face and body to the real me in my heart, mind, and soul, that he would find them to be beautiful and worth holding on to for the rest of our life on this planet. If you think you have these qualifications, please submit a kingship request. Musings of Amelia T. Davis, a.k.a. Poetical Angel Queen, and peace. <laughs> and send 8 band 10 glossy here. <laughs> and he better know how to cook and no well you know not really um but like uh communication skills uh give and take you know like if we have a disagreement let's talk it out let's see your side, my side, let's come to some kind of middle ground, some kind of understanding. Don't shut communication down um, because you're upset or whatever um, and because we can't overcome our differences. And, um, you know, I want somebody who would stand back-to-back with me that would feel that I'm I'm worth that, and I feel he's worth that. And we stand back-to-back facing all life's challenges, regardless of what they may be. But it starts with communication first. It does. Yeah. So uh, now saying all that, we come to the part that you're so famous for. (laughs) You can find me on Facebook under Emilia T. Davis, E-M-I-L-I-A-T-D-A-V-I-S. You can Google me. I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on just about every platform under Emilia T. Davis or Poetical Angel Queen. And you can find me here most Thursday nights, on Nyla's show, and there you have it. Thank you so much, my dear. It was awesome having you here tonight. My pleasure, Nyla. Much love. God bless. Much love to you, too. All right. We will talk to you next week. Yes, ma'am. Thanks, hon. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and give... God, tonight has gone by so fast. That's crazy. What time it is? We've got 37 minutes left. All right. Next, we're going to have area code 216, followed by 608, followed by 575, and then 506. So let's go ahead and grab 216. Mama, are you there? Oh, yes. I've been here since 830. I was late. <laughs> Hi, Nyla. Hi, honey. What are you doing, sweetheart? Centurion Prime is on the phone keeping me company. He's going to do a piece, too, so we better get started. Centurion? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to let you go up first. Okay. Say hello to Nyla. Good, good evening, Nyla. Hi, sweetheart. Good to hear from you. Yeah. 
The piece that I'm going to do is called Entry. And I'm sorry, Empty. Empty. Empty as this entry long before I thought to write. What could a day in the life without you be for me but empty? What could a day in the life without you be to me but empty? What could a day in the life without you be for me but empty? What is it in these empty spaces that we've become? This off again and on again, this flip of light switch, this little bit of carpe diem when we can let ourselves see it. If we could just seize the moment with our tongue and teeth, surely spirit would come and come of its own accord. What could a day and a life be for you without me but empty? What could a day and a life be for you without me but empty? You're just longing for me to fill your empty with my full words, what you with them in seductive whispers, the leap of them as they are heard in these little drips from my thick to the moistening of your lips. And yes, I mean both of them. What could a day in life be you without me but empty? What could a day in the life be for you without me but empty? What could a day in the life be without you but me to empty? Empty as this entry long before I thought to write. That's in peace. Wow. Wow. Yes. Yes. Long that was phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Go ahead, Mama. No, I was just going to say that he want to do both of his back-to-back, or do you want to go back and forth? We do one, and then we come back into another one, or you want to do it? Go right in, into your next one. We could, we could go back and forth. Okay, well, I'm going to do Big Bad Word Addiction, because I'm feeling in a mood like that. <laughs> Any poet worth his salt would write about history as he ought, not change the facts to what he thought. That causes reality to be distraught. Yet, if he does, then he ought not. Don't take much to know poetry and prose is what keeps me on my toes. My words are surely burly, and I wake up early to rebuke and refute to make it plain about the lies they claim, the nerve judging us by saying of what we are deserving. When their own interests they are serving, won't catch me napping, I'll be slapping big harsh words in their face, in the face of the disgraceful. Contesting without resting, no time to be playful. I get up early in the morning while they are sleeping, I'm peeping out the plan before I write. I scribe before I take a bite. I post before I sip coffee, before I eat toast. I boast. I flex on this mess. Thick, harsh words are my addiction. Smarter than these government fools because I pay attention. Unapologetically, I speak it my way, saying what I mean and meaning what I say. As a grandmother and a mother and a poet, I seek and find. Also, I express what's on my mind. 
I get a sudden urge, an electric surge, keeping me connected and protected. Of course, I'm plugged in to the ultimate source. So I wake up early, and my words are burly, and they will surely rebuke and refuke, as I am the poetess in pursuit of the truth. My predictions are not based on Donald's fiction. I have a God-given prescription for my addiction. So it's legal, like my words. My words are surely burly. Like I said, I wake up early to refute and rebuke. Don't take much to know that poetry and prose is what keeps me on my toes. Thought you knew. In case you didn't, now you do. Mama overdid you to all wrong queen. I've said it already. I'm saying it again. Any poet or just thought would write history as he ought. Not alter the facts to what he thought. That causes reality to be distraught. Yes. Yet, if he does, then he just thought not. And peace. That was incredible. Do you want to comment on it, honey? Duanza? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The piece was excellent. You, you really took me someplace with that one. Definitely. Surly and burly. <laughs> I tell you, Mama, you have a way with words. Thank you. You have a way with words. All right. Yes. Thank the you. The next piece I'm going to do is called The Bear Belief. The bare belief? Yes, the bare belief that you could ever love me. The bare belief that you could ever love me. It's been... Oh, okay. The bare belief that you could ever love me. The sweet leaf of nebulous things and button cashmere dreams. The bare belief that you could ever care to love me. My redress and I'll guess and silken fantasy, the sweet reek of nebulous things that you could ever care to love me, the snare, the trap, the bare belief, the unbelief even, I, that is he that is trapped, somewhere near east, somewhere betwixt I there, and then you here with me, now in the west, the rattle cage of beast enraged, the assail of silence, the curve of passion's violence, the test of him, of all his peace, and then the docile peace, that soothsayer, that pain of you, that domicile that inspired him. It is true. It is you that have inspired him. It is you that have awakened him in me, that retired one, that desirous one, to drip, to pen the page again. I wrapped up in this scent of yours, of the mind of mind and sense in this purest mint and jasmine flower. I caught up in your ecstasy, the power of you as if you were lying right there next to me, the sweet freak of you, a beautiful thing that you could ever care to love me. I dawn now in the softest claw of unbuttoned cashmere dreams. I redress and I'll dress in spoken fantasies. I bridle, it seems to me, by this by the very warmth of you, the sheer bliss upon first touch of you, this lovely shiver of you, as such is indeed my only fear. Yes, the one to be on these hunting grounds here, these previously some oats of so well known, 
my sinful lust. Soul wide and I untamed and free. Of what could it be, this trembling thing that rips and busts and dares to trust, but I, you see, I covered completely my dear. And the bare belief that you could ever love me. You said you wanted to hear me. Here I am, baby. Can you hear me now? Oh, yes, you can hear me. Sweet, nebulous things of that and cashmere dreams. Mm. Does that make you wet, baby? Mm. I hope that makes you wet. I want to dip my fingers and tongue into your sacred space. Make you drip for me. Make you get soaked, baby. The sweet, weak, nebulous things, the redress of my redress now dressed in silken fantasies. Splatter my essence against your temple walls. I want to splatter my essence against your temple walls. In peace. Oh. <laughs> I'm just waiting for Mama to comment. <laughs> I, look, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, it was really good, though. But <laughs> I'm looking for a loop. That was a really good, nebulous thing. So, and, um, wow. Yeah. Very erotic. <laughs> I'd be over here fanning. <laughs> Unbuttoned cashmere dreams. Yeah. It's beautiful. I cut out a little bit of it. I didn't want to be too saucy, so I cut a little piece out of it. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Too saucy, um, that's cute. I didn't want to be too saucy. No, not too saucy. Wow. <laughs> well, it's pretty saucy. You were unbuttoning cashmere, and the, 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 the sentence right before that, something, and then before you got to unbutton the cashmere tree. I love that line, that repetitive line throughout the piece. Yeah. It kind of like set a pulse or a tempo for it. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, it's also um, on a musical track that I've done, which is why it's it kind of feels like a song. Mm. Ah, see, I knew that was in there. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, okay, cool. well, you can reach me. You can reach me either at Jawanza, that's J-A-W-A-N-Z-A, I'm a new A-M-E-N-N-U-N, and also Sehu, I'm a new, S-E-H-U, I'm a new, A-M-E-N, N-U-N. Also, Prime uh, Scribes and Pantherian Speaks on Facebook. And Pantherian uh, Prime also on Bandcamp, where I have the recordings. You can find some of the recordings on uh, my, my page. Uh, so if you, look, if you look through the photos, because what I did was I took the image of the albums and I put them in with the words and the link to the music. So they come up as photos. Very cool. Okay. That's really cool. I'm so glad you came on here with me. I'm going to do my last piece and we're going to keep it moving. And this is called A Steep Heap. And this is about the big heap of dreams and ideas and poems that we got stored on top of mountain tops. A steep heap, glowing atop moonlit mountains, are abandoned thoughts. My thoughts aimed at the sky, yet 
to reach no further at the time. Many ideals have lingered on mountains, mind noise cast aside and left silently in heaps. I'll climb to retrieve my good thoughts, tell my own story. I will launch them again. I will ask the moon to absorb them, shoot them up to seventh heaven, my thoughts, my poetry, my mind. I may not be perfect, but this time, this time I will ride my thought train till the rail ends. If I hear some familiar breathing, breathing my thoughts as their own, I will ask them to stay off my mountain. Hey, you, get off my mountain. I'll sprinkle you with moon dust. Everyone will know my stolen spoken words. My inner mind fluttering, the flutterings of my thoughts coming so hard that you thought it was you, that it happened to. My thoughts, identifiable by the cosmic flow. In peace. (laughs) Okay. Okay, Mama, I hear you. Got that cosmic talk going. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And we have been schooled, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Nala, I want to get your information before I go because I want to go ahead and send you. You're going to be my friend? Yes, I'm going to be your friend. I'm so I'm excited. I'm going to send you lots of my recordings. <laughs> I would love that. So you're on Facebook, right? Yes. Okay. So if you search under Nyla, N-Y-L-A, like New York, Los Angeles, uh-huh. yes. you will find me on there, Nyla Alicia, last name Alicia. Alicia. That's Alicia, A-L. A-L-I-S-I-A. A-L-I-S-A. A L I S I A. S I A. Okay, Alicia. Okay. Done deal. I will watch for that. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Nyla. All right. You guys both tell us how we can find you. Okay. Um, I'm. I'm on. He did already. He did. Yeah. He gave you all the information, and I'm on uh, here every Thursday at eight o'clock here with uh Nyla, and I'm under um, V-I-C-K-I, Vicky, Aqua, A-C-Q-U-A-H. You can Google that, and you can find me almost anywhere. Very cool. All right, you guys, fantastic job, both of you, and I cannot wait to see what you bring back next week. Mm -hmm. I love you, Nyla, and I'm so grateful for your perseverance and being here every week for the poets and watching us grow insane as we uh, (laughs) grow. (laughs) Thank you. I love you. I love you too, Mama. We'll talk to you guys next week. Okay. Thank you. All righty. So our next caller comes from area code 608. 608, you're on the air. Hey, Fuzzy Herman in the mountains. (laughs) Hi, James. How are you? 
I'm doing okay. You? I'm doing great. I haven't talked to you in a while. That's a few that's days. A, that's, that's a joke. <laughs> I knew that was. <laughs> so I'll call James, you know, we'll call him visit and, and stuff like that. Um, but I never call James when I have other things to do. I only call James on the phone when I have a whole lot of nothing to do for a long time. We, our phone call is, what, eight <laughs> freaking hours? What? It was like eight hours, right? No, two years ago it was like seven and a half, and you told the world. So how much? How many? Last, how long were we on the phone the other day? Week, Almost ele- was last, eleven hours. Yes. <laughs> Literally called him in the morning and walked around all day long doing my chores and stuff like that for eleven hours the entire day. I made jam. I did laundry. I did dishes. Talking to James, yeah. It was crazy. And wrote a book, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So what's going on, sweetie? Oh, just kind of hanging out in the vortex here where there's dark clouds everywhere, but it's not raining here. Hmm. Give it five minutes. Oh, it rained a little bit earlier, but it's not now. There's a vortex here. That's what you have said. to remember that the vortex. So does it just sit there? What does it do? I haven't figured that one out yet. Oh, right. So what are you going to read with for us? I actually have two. The one I sent you the other day. Mm-hmm. So that's this one, titled A Moment. I wrote this. about someone who is in a picture uh, gazing at the clouds. Sitting by a campfire, gazing at the distant clouds, the shadows move in unison as the sun lights up the landscape. The colors alive from yellow to bright orange to pink and magenta a palette of awe served up by creation itself, each moment a gift, a lifetime in and of itself, to cherish, to hold, to let go of, because each moment is personal, yet some are to be shared. Only then do we understand Life is about experiences, the emotions felt, moments shared, memories created, and poem. 
You know, when you read that or sent it to me and read that, I absolutely fell in love with it. But for more reasons besides, it's just a good poem. And it's, you asked me if I thought you sounded different or anything like that from where you were a couple of years ago. And I think that that poem is absolutely a perfect example of my answer. That poem that you just read is unlike anything, anything I have ever heard you read before or write. There is a contentment there that is so obvious. And I think it's awesome. I think it's incredible. I love the piece. I really love that piece. That may be one of my favorite things you've ever written. Now. Wow, even even more than I Am the Wind. Well, I don't know. <laughs> I may have to have the two arm wrestles. <laughs> yeah, I absolutely love it. I think I think that it's I think it's my favorite. I think that it's my favorite because it's the first time I you know, because I always worry about you. You're my friend and I love you dearly, you know, but I think that yeah. is the first piece that I've heard that doesn't just, you, you know, you telling me you're doing okay, but lets me know you're okay. You, you just sound happy. Well, then this other one may take that a a step or more farther. I wrote this one this morning. And it's titled, Within Stillness. As the sun rises, I begin to awaken from my dream state, in which I traveled to the sea, breathing the salty air. I dove into the ocean and swam with the dolphins as if I were one myself. Then I rose to the surface and gained my wings, I flew up ever higher with the eagles as I, we rode the thermals to the mountains. I landed in a clearing near a river, surrounded by majestic rock formations, mountains reaching for the sky where they meet the clouds. This is where I call home where I fly with the eagles and run with the wolves. Seeking further connection with nature and with source, I sit, close my eyes, clear my mind, breathe, and pray. This is where I feel at peace. Breathing in the fresh mountain air as the sun radiates warmth, I begin traveling within my mind's eye, praying for a greater awareness and stronger connection to my intuition. In this place, I sense and feel a special life force. Is it mine? Is it someone else's? Is it ours? I enter the vortex where I feel strength an invitation to explore its landscape, both external and internal. Breathing slowly and deeply, I settle in as my intuition guides me. 
Over warm waves, a caress of a whisper in my ear. I feel a presence, something similar, something familiar, yet also new. I reach out with my mind's eye and meet another, also traveling within the vortex, where time stands in a stillness I have never felt before. And poem. Hmm. Is there something, there is there something you want to tell there. me? No. Hmm. Now, now my mind's reeling. <laughs> You did this to me on purpose. <laughs> okay, awesome. That was fantastic. And yeah. And and see so just and I'm, and I'm just wanting to know if she sent the guy home. <laughs> and what? Now I just want to know if she sent the guy home. Yes. Good. Too early. <laughs> but I'm not in a rush. Mm-mm. Not Fantastic. in a rush. And like I said, I mean, anyone who's been around here for a while and has heard you read knows the journey you've been on, knows the demons you have fought with, knows the things you've been through, knows your courage, and, you know, your never-ending tenacity, I guess is a a good word. My never-quit attitude? Yeah. You know, just what a strong person you are. And, you know, how much of yourself you put out there and share with the world and why you do what you do and everything else. And it's just awesome. And so to hear you write this way, there is just this beautiful calmness in it. And I cannot even tell you I am absolutely just, I am so happy right now. I I can't tell you. But I may call you and take 11 hours to tell you later. (laughs) <laughs> well, I told you the other day I Now I have two Bluetooths So I can switch Yeah, he had to switch out his out. Bluetooth While we were talking Because we talked too long <laughs> But not once, three times We're horrible <laughs> That's too funny I never talk on the phone And I don't ever talk on the phone Because Whenever I talk to James, he uses up all my talk time. You know, I only have so much time allotted in my life that's okay for the phone, and he, he takes them all. <laughs> all right, sweetheart, do me a favor. Tell everyone how they can come find you. You can find me by typing in poetry in the wind as one word, no spaces. Put that in Facebook, and you'll find me there. 
if you're interested in reading some of my older stuff, you can find it in a book entitled Held, A Fusion of Brilliance, Volume 2, which is still available on Amazon. It's an international anthology of writers from Canada, the UK, and the US that was published in, I think it was February of 2012. Very cool. And you might have to swim faster than a dolphin or fly faster than an eagle or run faster than a wolf to find me. <laughs> That's probably true. All right, sweetheart. I will call you and catch up on why that poem was written. On why? Inquiring minds want to know. Is that what you said? No, I don't know what I said. I'm confused now. All right, sweetie. I'm going to let you go, and I'll talk with you soon. Okay. All right. Thanks, Nyla. I love you. Thank you. I love you, too. All right. Bye, sweetie. (laughs) Bye-bye. All right, next caller. We have. I'm going to go ahead and give you the lineup. We have. We're going to be going into overtime. That is for sure. We have area code five seven five. I want to make sure we get everyone on. Five seven five. Five zero six. Four one nine. Seven four zero. Are our next callers? All right. So let's go ahead and grab. Five seven five. Five seven five, you're on the air. Hello, Nyla. Are you able to hear me? I can hear you. Wonderful. This is Jade Mist. How are you? I am doing awesome, sweetie. It's good to hear from you. Oh, likewise, likewise. Um, I'm always listening to you in the archives, so um, I'm I'm always out there in the in the um, cyberspace. With that being said, uh, I know you're in overtime. Uh, caveat to any listeners, this is probably going to offend a lot of people. Uh, I'm not going to apologize for it. It's probably going to offend the people who live in certain areas of this country. Again, I'm not going to apologize for it. Uh, With your permission, (laughs) and with your kind permission, I'll be about it, if I may. Please. It's called Welcome Back Traditions. Tradition is wonderful. Just the way great-grandma, grandma, and mom managed. Now, where? Let's see. Knitting, crocheting, and always keeping slippery bark in the larder. Let's see. Now, where? Those old-fashioned linen closets filled to overflowing with crisp, bleached sheets, towels, so many at the ready. Now, see where this leads. Ah, there we are. You now understand all those old entries in your granny's diaries, those recipes for soothing those heavy flows. So much knitting, so much crocheting. Is that what all those wire hangers were for? Tradition from a while ago are back, Texas style. There you have it. 
I'm not offended. Um, yep. Oh, I'm sure there are some people who are a little ticked, but I'm not. I'm absolutely livid. I've been listening to what's been going on in that state. There was one article where they had a physician who was literally just crying because they worked until the last stroke of midnight on patients. They had to send people away because they just couldn't take care of the patients. And this is what's going to happen. You're going to see a lot of people who are going to either end up somehow making up a story in a clinic because you can't go to a doctor because if you do, somebody will get thrown in jail or perhaps your next-door neighbor can now put a bounty on you. Essentially, it's a bounty hunting where you can report if someone is, and yes, this is about abortion, if someone aids or abeds in an abortion, they can get you arrested and that person who essentially rats you out gets money for it. It's bounty season. I mean, it really is. It really is like a witch hunt, you know, pitting neighbor against neighbor. You know, nobody should be in my business. You know, it's. It's. You know, there. There was a time in history when they did this, and I'm not going to go into it because you know this isn't my political platform. It's your guys's. But there's a time in history when this happened. McCarthyism. Absolutely. So um, with that said, I know you have some other callers, and I know you're in overtime. Uh, As always, thank you for the forum, and um, if anyone's interested in finding me, when I can, I'm right here at the Speakeasy Cafe with uh, our convivial hostess with the mostest, Nyla. Many thanks. (laughs) You're welcome, sweetheart. Thank you for being here tonight, hon. Tell everyone how to find you again. Is it? Uh, Just right here at the Speakeasy Cafe. Um, I don't have a Facebook page that I print anything on. Um, that's just for communication, but um, okay. I, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> you can only find her here, folks. Yes, we only have here, exclusive. only here. They have exclusive rights to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweetheart. We'll talk to you soon, honey. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right, our next caller comes from area code 506. 506, you're on the air. Hi, Nala. It's Andrea calling from uh, Canada, Lady A. Hey, sweetie. How are you doing, honey? Good, thanks. How are you? I'm wonderful. It's good to hear from you. Um, I'm wondering if there's a couple of interesting comment, uh, poems that were read and comments that were made. <clears throat> and I'm wondering if I could um, just make a comment about those two things quickly, mm-hmm. other than my poem. Um, one was from, I do believe it was Clarence that called in, and I could be wrong, with regard to the indigenous women missing. That was that was uh, Soldier Blue. Okay. Uh, sorry about that. Um, and, you know, you were mentioning, you know, you wonder why somebody knows, somebody's got to know about these things. And I, ha- I just have a comment to make about that, and that the attitude um, toward First Nations people, I, I, and I can only speak for Canada and where I'm from, um, the attitude uh, toward them is absolutely disgraceful. Uh, you see it everywhere. Uh, the um, 
I'll give you an example. Uh, when those children were found, those 250 uh, children were found in British Columbia not long ago. Uh, their bodies, their buried bodies were found. Um, there was a friend of mine who had a party, and some, some of the comments went like this. Who cares? They were just dirty Indians. And this is the kind of attitude that people display when it comes to First Nations. It is an absolute disgrace. I'm a retired RN. I saw it in the hospital, how they were treated. Um, It was almost universal. Um, when you saw it, it was, I, I, I took more than one person to task on it. And there is a, 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 a mentality that is beyond bigotry and beyond prejudice. And I don't know what the answer is to that, where people must find their souls and, and, and speak to that because, um, these people have been long abused and misused, and um, it continues. And I'll, I'll just say that we, we need to have major changes when it comes to our First Nations people. And the second comment I would like to make, if you don't mind, is just the last lady's poem. And I have a solution to this issue. Um, and I did a lot of teaching on this for 12 years uh, in my life, and I feel like it's, it hasn't changed in 25 years. Uh, the numbers haven't dropped, et cetera, et cetera. But I really believe that there is a common ground and there is an answer, and I do believe that it's universal birth control. And I think it needs to be provided by governments. Yes, I know that's maybe a socialistic type of uh, uh, scenario, but if we had every woman and girl of childbearing ages provided uh, with birth control, uh, we would not have this issue. Um, so to me, that's a viable solution to a very horrible uh, situation for any woman to be put in. And so I just I just feel like that is something that needs to be looked at. Um, but it's a billion-dollar industry as well. So Mm -hmm. there are solutions out there. We just need to tap into the resources and make it happen. Okay, that's all. I'm going to get off my my soapbox, but I just felt really really moved by both of those um, poems and uh, and the um, their heartfelt um, feelings on on these subjects. So with that, I'm going to read you a poem about love. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. I like that. <laughs> yeah. So this is called The Portrait of Love. And thank you for letting me say that. I just feel it's so important. A Portrait of Love. Portrait by Mitoire captures marble skin against black velvet. Satin ribbons play ring around the rosy and grace her slippered feet. Garden trees, rainbow streets, drapes of nature's finery. Brushes her cheek of pearlescent pink. She flushes just to think he would desire to paint her only. Struck a blow deeply lonely. 
flattered, fluttered, feeling flustered, charmed in him she trusted. Strokes of pink, red, and peach, her skin transformed the canvas. Innocence painted among green and gold, an orchid among thorns. Perfection in black, curls cascade down her back. He's delighted. Artist and subject become an object of the other's affection. Paintbrushes kiss her lips precisely. Cupid's bow, coral pink, concisely. She, his lady, he, her, kind sir, stand together in arms they surrender. Words colored with love speak under the stars filled, speak under star-filled skies. I can't help falling in love with you, moonlit night cries. Night falls into the lake, water dark and gloomy. Love lifts the shroud, beckons her, come to me. The woman in black embraces him back while he sings her colors in song and poem. Wow. That was beautifully written. Thank you. You are very, very welcome. Much appreciated. Absolutely incredible. Are you going to read tonight, hon? I mean, we might as well if you guys want to read too. We're in overtime anyway. So. Well, I can, but if you feel like it's still, there isn't enough time, but I do have another one. It's not quite as lovely as this last one, <clears throat> but is um, it is a true story, based on a true story, and um, it's called "I Can't Breathe." Monday evening came after a day of unrest, a day of uncertainty. Clinical in the morning, I was pressing my white uniform, and the phone rang. She said, Bob's dead. He blew his head off. At first I thought she was drunk. Then his sister got on the phone. It's true. He shot himself this morning. That moment I lost my mind, my balance, my breath. Oh, God, I lost my love. Why? What happened? Why? 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 That day I died, too. An animal caged, pacing, roaring, howling, whimpering, sleep. I begin to stir and remember he's dead. A vomit like a volcano erupts, spews, eyes wild, pacing, pacing. Mutter to myself, it can't be true. Screams blow out of of a place I can't identify. Wails that shred the paint on the walls, on the ceiling, weeping, hysterical. I can't breathe, I can't see, I am numb, yet there is excruciating pain. Sleep, dream of him, but I can't see his face. Music soothes the gripping ache in my guts. It can't stop the pounding of my heart. I can hear it beating in my ears. Music calms the raging beast. Sleep, dream. No face. That black moment in time turned into three years of endless crying, eternal anguish, sorrow beyond anything I ever knew. Each day, one foot in front of the other. I want to die. Study for exams, go to clinical, take care of my patients, come home and there is a shrine on my bed. 
and strips of paint dangle from the ceiling. I know the pain he was in. He left me in even greater pain. Black as pitch. Blacker than the blackest black, I drown in sorrow, grief-stricken. I want to hurl myself into his grave. And poem. That was amazing. Thank you. Anyone who's ever had to deal with that situation, someone killing themselves, who's had to to be the one who survives the suicide, it's a hard thing. It's it's easy for people to say how to grieve, how to make sense of it, but they just don't. They they will never know. I mean, no. it's it's. And and I love you know usually when people write poems about stuff like that, they're very sentimental or something like that. I love that you wrote from, the, the, you know, the, the steps of grieving. I love that you wrote from the angry place. Yeah. Because, it, it yeah, you're right. You know, I, I went to, uh, one thing I did learn, though, uh, through this, whole thing was uh, I I went to a grieving group and I I sought counseling um, to help myself uh, try to lift myself out of this horrible horrible place and um, um, I remember talking to my counselor after listening to a group of people in the grieving group and I was really angry and I said you know he he chose to die he chose to leave me he chose uh, to leave his mother and his family, and um, and I said, you know, these other people, you know, they die of a heart attack or a car accident or cancer, or so you could put your finger on it and say, this is why, and I don't know why. He just did it, you know. And mm-hmm. then he said to me, the psychologist, he said, you know, if you were to, he, she, he said, you're wrong. He said, if you were to ask me what Bob died of. He died of a mental illness called depression, and that helped immensely, enormously, because I realized that he really wasn't in his right mind. Who in their right mind would do that? Mm-hmm. He was, he was sick, and I didn't know it. Um, it's a big long story, but just the same. Thank you for letting me share this, and I hope that somebody else uh, out there that's listening is going through it knows that they're not alone. Especially the anger part, because there's nothing in the world. I mean, you you love, you mourn, you're sad, and and then you find yourself you're angry. I mean, and you're really angry, but you can't be angry because that doesn't anger's not love, right? It's it's just such a an emotional roller coaster, and I think that someone hearing you express that is going to be very liberating. I hope so, because, um, it, it, and it, you know, the other thing is it doesn't leave you. You learn, ultimately, you learn to survive and cope with it, and that's it. You never get over it. Mm-mm. Nope. Absolutely fantastic, right? Appreciate it Thank so much on so many levels. Thank you.
You're very welcome. Now do me a favor and tell everyone how they can find you. Um, you can find me uh, as Lady A on uh, allpoetry.com uh, and under the group A Team of Voices um, and on Facebook as Andrea Wheaton. And uh, again, I thank you so very much for letting me share my my heart. Absolutely our pleasure. Absolutely our pleasure. All right, hon, thank you so much, and we will talk to you next week. Yes, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome, hon. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, we have two callers left, area code 419 and followed by 540. So 419, you are on the air. Hey, Nala. Hey, sweetheart, how you doing? Not bad, how about you? I'm doing amazing. Been a fantastic night. Yes, it has. It has. Um, so, um, will I be able to do two, two short poems? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, uh, the first one that that I'm going to do is entitled "Reflections of Time," and the second one is entitled uh, "A Letter to My Son." And that. Uh, my oldest son passed away like about four years ago, in a week or so, and um, we um, we really didn't start developing a relationship until you know he was like in high school, um, and that's because his, I didn't know about him. Um, his mother told me that she had had a miscarriage, uh, and I was in the military, so you know. And um, when he got into junior high school, I guess she told him the truth. And she tried to tell me, and I, I really didn't believe her, you know. Um, but um, uh, he looked exactly like my, almost exactly like my other two kids, and uh, in fact, he liked me. So uh, eventually, you know, we dealt with that reality, and we developed a relationship. So, um, this first was called Reflections of Time. Uh, and like I said, the other was a letter to my son. And um, it, it's also kind of like um, um, I didn't really have a relationship with my biological father. Um, I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of him until I was about eight or nine years old. So, uh, so these two poems are kind of a tribute to that memory, those memories. It's called Reflections of Time and Letter to My Son. I looked into a mirror and I saw my father. And all of the fathers of his father before him. And my heart, my heart was full of sorrow. I looked into a mirror and I saw my son. And all of the sons of the son to follow. And I was optimistic about tomorrow. I looked into a mirror. And I saw myself reflected in time, and and I wept for what never was, and smiled for what may become. I'm writing you this letter, man, because cause I want you to be a better man, and I pray to God you can't see, because I don't want you to be like me. And I know I caused you strife by, by not being a part of your life, so your mom 
Your mom should have been my wife, but I wasn't down with that. For me, the streets is where it was at, and I wasn't going to watch you grow. See, I was too busy getting paid, making money, getting laid, and I, I didn't know. The pain that you were feeling, and the pain you may be still in, and man, this shit is killing me because I never wanted to be the man my daddy was. So he was a pimp monkey, a street junkie who never cared for nothing but self. Left me and mom's on the shelf. Mom turned the booze. What more can I lose? So I took my cues from the street. But you can beat these tragedies falling. You can be the master of your calling. Because it's not too late for you to get your head on straight. Don't let the streets claim you. Let no one defame you. And when folks try to gain you, just say no. See, I was thinking of you, and I just want to tell you that I love you. So I'm writing you this letter, man, because... Because I want you to be a better man, and I pray to God you can. Much love. Yeah. Wow. Important. Wow, that's very brave. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. I mean, most people, it's it's hard for most people to admit when they've made a mistake, especially, you know, having to, to, you know, face up to their choices, I guess is a good way to put it. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty powerful. Uh, see, his mom, his mom told me that she had a miscarriage. There's no way I wouldn't have been in his life because my dad wasn't in mine. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, so. Um, so she just did that to be. Uh, well, she yeah she, she told she told somebody else that she was his. Wow. Uh, and so. Um, so he grew up, you know, the first uh, ten to twelve years of his life, uh, believing that someone else was his father. And then, and then she told him that the person he thought was his father wasn't his father, and that I was. And uh, when she tried to tell me that he was my son, of course I didn't. See, this this shit pisses me off, and let let me explain why real quick. Because I did a DNA test, one of those twenty three and Me whatevers, and found a brother I didn't know I had. <laughs> right. Yeah. And. You, your parents sit there and they, they, you know, judge you and and you know tell you you've got to be perfect and stuff. Their generation, I have never seen a generation more full of secrets. You know, it isn't that they were better than us. It wasn't that you know that generation was was. You know, it's just they hid their stuff well. <laughs> you know. It's it's, cra- it's crazy the stuff the secrets the secrets they get me. Yeah. You know, that, I mean, that was so unfair to that child. And yeah. to you, I mean, my God. Uh, yeah, and you know, we 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 became pretty close, you know, uh, as you know, uh, before he passed away, and uh, you know, he told me uh, because you know when I told my the two kids the my other two kids. When I, when I told them, well, you know, you have an older brother, 
once I accepted that. And my daughter asked me, you know, is it there? And I said, how did you know? She said, because he used to tell everyone that he was our brother. We, you know, and we just thought that he was, you know, um, you know, that he was saying that because we weren't his cousins, you know. We grew up as cousins. Wow. And uh, so... Uh, it, it was really up there to him, too. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad that... I'm glad that you had that time. You know what I mean? I'm glad that that was resolved before you lost your son. Yeah. Me, too. Nobody should ever lose a child, but at least you knew he was your child. Right. I love you so dearly. That was an incredible piece. It really got my heart. Love, love you back. Okay. All right. What you doing now? Uh, what am I doing now? Mm-hmm. What What do you want to do? Um, tell people how they can find you. Um. You can find me on um, on Facebook on allpoetry.com, dot com and on YouTube under Melvin D Johnson. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> were you going to read? Was that the second one you were going to read too? Weren't you? Well, actually, that was too. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm getting tired, right. you guys. Can you tell? I'm always kind of dragging. You always get me when I'm dragging butt at the end of the show. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I could use another one, but you know. Well, we got one more to get on the air. They're going to yell at me. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. All right, sweetheart. We will talk to you next week. Yes. Thanks, hon. Bye, bye, honey. All right. Bye. Our last caller for the evening: five four zero. Five five four zero. Hey, naughty, naughty Nyla. Hello, Mr. Charismatic. How are you? How you doing? I hope you're feeling your uh, I hope you're feeling your worst behavior. <laughs> I don't have worst behavior. Oh, uh, you do. Everybody's everybody got something naughty about them, and you sure. Yeah, <clears throat> she was a good girl on the show. Be a naughty officer. <laughs> Don't know how naughty I can be. Yeah, you're the goody t shoes on the show, then you're naughty. Badge of the bone. <laughs> <laughs> so, what you got for us tonight, Lev? What are you going to close out the show with? You want me to do two or? You can do two. Uh, okay. I'm going to do two freestyles. Um,. First one was uh I'm gonna call it uh pulled over. Okay. <clears throat> I'm driving. I know I ain't go over the speed limit. I I I I watch my speed limit 
all the time. I, I tried to make sure I'm a safe driver, but there was something wrong with my lights or what's going on. Probably has that big flashlight. I got my kids and my daughter, my kids, my daughter, and my lovely lady. She's right there. And I got a handgun to protect my family, but I hope they understand. Hello, do you know why I pulled you over? No, officer, I don't know why you pulled me over. It seems like you were going too fast. Okay, I might have been over, like, what, five miles per hour? Is that reason to pull me over? Um, may I see your license of registration, please? Okay, sir, it's right where I now do have a handgun. Um, I'm just letting you know. Put down the handgun, sir, please. I'm not trying to shoot you. I'm not going to put my daughter and my lady in complete danger. Put it down! Oh, please calm down. You don't have to have that gun pointed in my face. I was being honest with you. Put it down now! Pow, pow, pow! His name was Philando Castile. You see, his mom came at the podium saying that he loved this city, but the city took his life. The city that betrayed him pulled over like you know, like driving while being black. It's the attack. It's the aroma. It stinks so bad. Racism has never left the building. A country built on racism. Pulled over. Now his sister crying. Philando, Philando, Philando. He's not here. He told him, that devil, I have a handgun. You shot him right in front of his daughter. You shot him right in front of his fiance. They'll never forget that. His mother will never forget that. You think that she's going to have pity on you? You're in court. Oh, you got away with it. But you're going to see hell again. You're going to see fire again. May we never forget a count of who you are. I make sure that happens. Because the enemy is still the enemy. And the only one way to get rid of y'all is the actual powerful remedy called fighting back pulled over did you lick at his skin oh that's right he told someone who was white to say hey the reason why we pull black people over you know we this is something that we do and you told her you let that person go being alive that's a sad day we can't be human because everything is just such an illusion. It causes confusion. So what would happen to me being a black man being pulled over to a devilish society called America? This automatic courage makes the legal engine take it in the moment up and drop. 
My second piece <laughs> is uh, I, I want to call it uh, at no turning back. I'm here right now. I'm listening to Dr. King and Malcolm X. I'm listening to all the leaders. We out here marching because we're starving. We're, we're crying. We have seen our brothers and sisters get lynched. And they hit us. Why? We're not out here causing no trouble, but they want to kill us in any instant. I can't understand. No turning back. So turning back is like a grain of salt. Another thing, it feels like it's my fault. I want love. God, I want love. God, I'm up here praying while he's slaying. While he's in danger, my family. I kill up my people. I'm, I'm asked to be black. I'm asked that. I even have white friends that love me for who I am. And they'll kill them too. Because they're in the state of a hateful society. No turn back. I'm in this march. I will go ahead and boycott. I will say that I am a man. Like what happened in Memphis. Remember me. Remember my struggles in the answers. I want to love. No turning back. But you want to re- erase history. Erasing history of what has happened to my black people and slaves. It's like the Holocaust. Don't you want to say no more, no more? This should not happen again. But if we erase something that already had happened, how can we correct it if we just eliminated history that America has made? I cry with the tears like the waterfalls. When I take a pause, I remember the laws. I remember studying the Emancipation Proclamation that was supposed to free all the slaves, but only select a few. The Independence Day. It's ever been Independence Day for us. And the Declaration of Independence is just a false narrative. And all the false narratives. There's no turning back for me. Because I'm taking a stand to be who God made me to be. A proud, lovable black man. Peace. This automatic charismatic lyrical engine ten years in the morning if I've been dry. Absolutely powerful, incredible. And you just freestyled those, huh? Yes. So you're gonna have to come back and listen to the archive and get some of that down. Oh, uh, you love my uh you know I I see that you send me uh every so you must have love for me. <laughs> <laughs> So you go ahead and write to Larry Shepard. 
Uh, you know, one thing, um, I love your show. I love the way you uh, open up to the poets. Um, but, you know, that's, you know, it's a sad day, but that's just the way it is. Um, you can't, you only fix what's broken when you realize and admit what's broken. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be fixed. Um, You know, we, I believe that God will will continue to um, curse this country until it learns how to love and stop all the hateful violence. That's my belief. I think that everything happens because God's tired of this country. Oh, I hear a baby. Yeah, that's my little niece. That's the youngest one. Aw, how sweet. Yeah. All right, honey, thank you for closing out the show so amazingly. Are you going to do me thank a favor and tell everyone so how to naughty. find you? Oh, I'm not naughty. Okay. You know I'm not well, naughty. I'm a good being. girl. You know what? I know in, in Santa Claus is not going to get you anything. <laughs> Unless you tell Santa how naughty you've been. <laughs> I don't think that's the way it works. I think that's absolutely the opposite of the way that works. How nice have you been? <laughs> I, I tell you what, I'll be saying I only I like the naughty ones. If you're naughty, I think that's isn't isn't that called Krampus? Nice. <laughs> that's me. That was the story <laughs> of me. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. You'll find me at uh, com. I will be bringing in, um, putting in shows, supporting shows like this and other shows. Um, you can find me like Mary Shepard on, on Facebook. Yes. Oh, just just to let you know that I'm on all the Daisy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I called it naughty. My, oh, excuse me, bodyguards. Like, if you see mama, don't let her come through. All right? Don't let mama come through. She might get me for what I said. <laughs> yeah, so, um, <laughs> yeah she, she would probably have words, that is for sure. <laughs> yeah, I got my bodyguard. <laughs> Probably be helpful. Uh, you know, I, I, I've actually interviewed her. I'm going to see you in the interview. I've interviewed Mama before. She's, incre- she's such an incredible woman. Yes, she is. I, that was the most fun I ever had. One of the most uh, uh, best interviews I ever had was with Mama Ola Daisy. It was, it was just fun. It was just, I enjoyed myself. Uh, interviewing such a uh, incredible uh, poet um, and, and inspirational. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you know, she. Yeah, so yeah, I try to come on. Uh, I'm gonna have a part people. You know, I drive a truck at times. So when I get free time, I try to show love. You know. I may bring a load to your area. <laughs> to the naughty list. 
I went to the Naughty List store and dropped my load over there. Okay, I'm not even touching that one. All right, hey, good night, darling. We'll talk to you later, Larry. You have a good night, sweetheart. You same. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, you have been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I appreciate you all being here tonight. It's been a fantastic evening. We will see you next week. Watch on my page for the prompts I'll be putting up. I'm also going to be posting some information on uh, journals that are accepting submissions right now. So watch for that. And... If you missed our prompts and stuff during the workshop portion of the show at the beginning, the show will be archived here in about 15 minutes after I close the show down. You can come back and listen to the podcasts in the first 15 minutes of the show and be able to jot those down. Have a great weekend, everybody, and we will talk to you next week. I'm going to close the show with a piece by, where did it go? Where did it go? Oh, no. I lost it. We'll grab this one. Love After Marriage by Jeff Stumpo. Here we go. Good night, everybody. If I ever go blind, my wife will build in the backyard a life-size model of a rhinoceros, detailed down to the pebbled skin and a mechanical swishing tail. She will produce a giraffe, complete with ladder and safety harness. She will include in our private zoo rabbits, Gila monsters, a pool full of rubber sharks and goldfish, all the dangerous and silent animals of the world I could never otherwise enjoy, and one live billy goat, just to f*** up with me. (laughs) If I ever lose my hearing, she will purchase 300 chinchillas, lay me down in a small dark room and play club music and Shostakovich as they scamper over my body. She will pour icy water over my head and back during the bassoons in the Nutcracker Suite. She will slap my stupid face if I ask for the Murder City Devils. And as for Gardel's tango, Por una Cabeza or Buena by Morphine, for some things there are no words. If I ever lose my sense of direction, it will be absolutely no different than now, and she'll still be the one holding the map on road trips. This is love after marriage. If she sends me to the store and has only written cereal on the grocery list, I know which one is her favorite and that she will invariably have wanted something different by the time I get home. (laughs) This is what it is to be psychic after marriage. Sometimes she tells me I am so damn hot. And that means sleeping on the couch because really, I'm so damn hot. This is the revocation of metaphor after marriage. (laughs) So keep your roses red, your violets blue, keep your angels singing, your stars shining, keep your poetry. You don't marry someone for their poetry. You marry them for showing you all the white space that remains, for being okay with never filling it all. Somewhere in the beauty of crossroads.